Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Yo. It's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void Three black fans, different perspective, got to fill your voice Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with fight for better fallback Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat No need to double check, these are all facts You're listening to us talk raps you're listening to us talk craps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Welcome to another edition of Grapsity. It's Saturday, January 21st, 2023. I'm Will Washington. I'm not alone here. I'm also joined by Philip Lindsay. I am here. Um, boy. I just uh, another week of getting on this podcast and, and thinking about somebody that's not here. <clears throat> just thinking about the way that I don't know the way that that affects the world, the way that people still move. Like you, you're just going to still be here, and something might not just happen at the drop of a dime, and you could be gone. It's crazy, man. Crazy. Also, here is Righteous Reg. It's your boy, Media Man, your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster. I was thinking as the intro of our show played, Grapsity with Will, Phil, and Reg, me rapping, DJ Jazzy Jeff once famously said, somebody asked DJ Jazzy Jeff, he was like, what's the most famous hip-hop song ever? You know, you start thinking, like, what is the most famous hip-hop hip -hop song ever? Like, what's the most known, well-known hip-hop song ever? And he's like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. And I was like, wow, that's crazy, like... Because, like, everybody around the world knows that rap. Like, no matter what, somebody knows that rap. So I was thinking, like, the Grapsity intro is, like, the most anybody's ever heard me rap. Like, any any song I ever had, like, that's the most people have heard me rap is the intro to this show. And I was just like, that's pretty crazy. But yeah. shout out to me. I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that is dope. And, and, and the way that you told this story to get back to giving yourself props is hilarious. Um, <laughs> Come on, it's me. It's me, Phil. Come on. But, um, yeah, which is, is also funny. I saw a tweet. Um, I won't go back into that whole question thing. But the reason I saw this question thing is I saw my man jump on Twitter and say, listen, I'm tired of telling y'all, I am pro wrestling. I was like, wait a minute. I said, what is my guy doing? My guy was just like, nah, y'all got me fucked up. I am pro wrestling. Got me fucked up. Seriously, man. I hate this. 
AEW shill shit. No, man, I like pro wrestling. I fucking oh, pro wrestling. If, if I'm if the TV's on, it's on some pro wrestling. I've been watching Nitro, fucking independent wrestling. There's all kinds of wrestling. There's not just two wrestling companies that doesn't exist in my world. There's a million wrestling companies. There's a million wrestlers. I don't even watch that show y'all be talking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey man, and, and and get a friend like Jazzy Jeff for for him to be asked that question and go, my man, my man got the most exactly, yeah, no uh, straight up song in the world, and, and, he and, and he's, so of course he's gonna be yeah. like, yo, no, my song. <laughs> he's not wrong though. Like my kids know that song, and that right. show went off eighteen years before my son was born. He has right. no reason to know that rap other than the fact that it has a really long lasting legacy. Like mm-hmm. when I think about comfort watches because i was just thinking about what you said there and how if my tv's on it's usually on some wrestling but i have a lot of comfort watches there's stuff i watch where if i'm just in a mood i will just throw it on because i know it Mm -hmm. i know that uh, i don't have to expect any of the unexpected i don't have to be surprised by anything i know i'm going to be comfortable with this watch and there's like five or six fresh prince episodes that are in that comfort watch zone for me like the other day i was just sitting there and i'm like I want to watch the pool hall episode. I got to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I threw it on and uh, nothing. I mean, honestly, even having seen that, it's been 30 something years since that episode aired. But everybody knows that episode and the whole twist at the end where mm-hmm. Uncle Phil turns out to be <laughs> an expert at pool and Soul Man plays all of that great stuff. Nah, break out uh, Lucille. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey, give me Lucille. Like th- the best part is. I've seen it a million times, but I still get a smile on my face the moment he does it mm-hmm. because it's still one of the most satisfying endings to a sitcom episode ever. And, uh, yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> whoever, uh, put the Guile theme song from Street Fighter over it on, on YouTube. Uh huh. Hilarious. <laughs> yes, that's great too. You nah, know what? I might have, um, I might have actually lied because on, uh, as AEW Music posted recently, on top of the Ireland charts is the Page Man <laughs> Sent theme song. Top of the charts in Ireland. Me, rest, so that might be the most anybody has ever heard me rap. I don't know what the numbers are exactly. Top in the charts in Ireland. The, my my Irish lads over there are just like bumping your boy. I don't know. Yeah, hey, no, honestly, that song still, I listen to that on occasion too. I'll just be like, man, bring back Page Van Sant just so I can hear Seriously. this song again. Like, Come on, Tony, what's up, bro? Probably more her. She's getting cakers out there. With them cakers, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but uh, with this being Grap City, don't forget you can send us your super chats, your humper chats. YouTube.com slash Fightful is how you send us a super chat. And while you're here on YouTube.com slash Fightful, leave us a thumbs up. It's right there. Just hit that thumbs up button um, and then go on about your day. Uh, but send us a super chat, help support what we do. Uh, I wanted to make sure that, like, I've obviously with the show being remembering Jay Briscoe, um, I wanted to uh, kind of put it out there that a uh, big portion of the Super Chats today going to go toward um, the Pew family. And, uh, you know, just the uh, it's a massive, massive tragedy. And just, you know, we're going to be discussing a lot about all the news surrounding that and um, just our memories of, of the Briscoes and Jay Briscoe specifically. Uh, and yeah, send us a super chat, uh, Humper Chats as well. Um, both combined, by the way, that wasn't a separate statement. Humper Chats and Super Chats all 
uh, going to kind of do the same thing today. But uh, humperchats.com is the way to send us a humper chat. And uh, yeah, let's see. Because pretty much we're just going to cover the cost of the show and then everything else after that is headed that direction. Um, but yeah, let's check out some super chats because we got Van Twinblade who says, you know, Dom would have never gone to jail if he took AG1. AG1 gives you immunity protection. Uh, let's see. Hey, you know what, though? I talked about this on Day After Dynamite, and I mentioned it because we were talking about the ass boys, and I mentioned how uh, right now I don't feel like the guns are it. I don't. But I don't think that that is necessarily a death sentence. I don't think that that's, you know, simply because you're not it right now doesn't mean that you can't be. And I think a good example of that is... Dominic Mysterio. I think that Dominic Mysterio, two years ago, I was like, this man is not it. This man does not have it. This man does not, nothing. It's it's not clicking. Um, maybe wrestling's just not for him. That was how I truly felt two years ago. That's how I felt a year ago. That's how I felt six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Dominic Mysterio is one of my favorite things about WWE TV right now. And Dom's killing it. Dom is killing it. And this is my point is that uh, because something's not good or clicking right now doesn't necessarily mean that it's always not going to be good. You're always not going to click. And I don't, and that's why I don't like operating in the, in when I talk about professional wrestling, I don't operate in any type of, you know, definitive anything, right? I don't operate in a space of, like, you can't this you me on my wrestling opinions because shit changes all the time. Like, if I so if I tweeted today, hey, Dominic Mysterio is my favorite thing, and then somebody finds a tweet that's like, this you, and I said Dominic Mysterio is the worst wrestler on the planet, like, uh, you can't, somebody could probably do Both that to me. correct. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. People change their mind, but again, that's why... That app, man. It's not a good place, place, man. But but like I said, I am in on Dominic Mysterio. And I think he is my now uh, case in point on the idea that nothing's ever finished in pro wrestling. It's You're not finished if something stinks or isn't good. Um, And But I hate that we kind of operate on that idea, specifically, Mm -hmm. as Phil says, uh, on Twitter. Like, Twitter does work in a very binary way where you either are or you aren't, and if you aren't, you always aren't. And, like, when yeah. something starts to work, people will be like, well, yeah, but remember when he did this? Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because because what you said is true, that, you know, people know somebody will go and look up old takes. You now have people that will dig their feet in the dirt on something, and something will get better, but they just cannot admit it because at some point they said it was bad. So it always has to stay bad because I had this opinion once at a time, one point at a time. So I always have to stay two feet, ten, ten toes down in this opinion. And it's so fucking dumb. <laughs> it's just, ah, but again, internet, internet culture of ten toes, maybe. I just, I, I, the, the day that I saw uh, Tennessee Coats, wow, my life. Oh, the Undertaker's showing up. Yeah, the the Tennessee coach was saying that uh, Twitter incentivizes um, arguing, and that was why he left Twitter. I was like, 
he's right though and i stayed on twitter for a long time after that and it wasn't until like like a few months ago that i was like he was always right about that mm -hmm. <laughs> he's always right yep uh let's see though we got a lot of humper chats and uh, i hadn't actually gotten to look at those yet and as soon as i open them i'm like oh damn all right we gotta get started on these because uh we'll start with tony p tony p says so we all in agreement that warner brothers discovery helped quicken power slaps cancellation themselves by saying no to any live big j tributes um numbers were low even with the morbid curiosity views but the j dis 100 soured most of the run over aw viewers they wanted i don't think that uh those two things are related and i'll say though i don't yeah. think those two things are related because I, I wouldn't conflate issues there Mm -mm. Um, I, I say that because uh, a lot of the news that it was Warner Brothers Discovery behind uh, there not being a J tribute on Dynamite, a, a big J tribute, um, didn't even come out till after Power Slam or right. Power Slap had already aired. I think more than anything, Power Slap's lack of success, and I guess it's all relative um, when you think about success, because I don't know what numbers they were expecting, uh, but. I will say, when you look at those numbers, it's interesting because new cable properties are really, really hard to launch. And I think it's a shining example there. Like, I feel like HBO is really the only network that's able to launch a new show and see any success in cable. But for the most part, you see um, network television still does well because network television has you know, kind of a infinite audience in terms of accessibility. Whereas cable, cable is you're only accessing people who have cable and cable numbers aren't growing. So therefore you have the least potential to grow launching as a cable property. You really want to be on a streaming platform and everything, which two things about that. One, um, that should really be a testament to AEW's success in cable TV, right? Because mm -hmm. They're, they're a newer cable TV property, and the immediate response that people always give out is, well, they're not doing WWE numbers, so therefore they're not winning. And I keep thinking, do you know how long WWE has been on TV? Like, this, to have a successful new property in cable, which is a platform that it still has the most subscribers of anything, uh, but it is also waning still it still isn't growing it's still continually shrinking where the other platforms are growing and at some point they are going to catch each other and so yeah new cable properties don't like to think about how when power slaps numbers hit and i thought why am i not surprised by this this was a new mm -hmm. cable property that you know people aren't really on cable seeking out new things on so when you're watching stuff on cable these days you're kind of looking for stuff that you're comfortable with that already exists all of that and so i mean also it's dumb as shit it is the dumbest thing it's i've ever seen in my life i did not watch it in full i saw the commercials and i saw the clips the one chris nowinski posted that was like that that made my skin crawl um because i know the argument in favor of that show is well in boxing you get hit in football you get hit what's the difference here do you know what the difference is there at the very least and granted football has very similar issues with the fact that um i mean we've been talking cte for the last nearly 20 years now but 
with this particular show, the idea in boxing, MMA, football, all of it, is usually to avoid getting hit. Mm-hmm. In this case, you are saying, no, I want you to hit me as hard as possible. That is still the object of this. And you're not moving, you're not evading, you're not doing anything to stop it from happening. That, to me, is 10 times worse. Like, we already know the issues with the others. We already know the lingering issues that came out of boxing. We know the issues that come out of football. We know the issues that come out of any pro wrestling as well. Anything where um, one of the side effects of it is trauma to the head. But those are side effects. Now we're talking about where the intention of it is a blow to the head. All right. This yeah. is the dumbest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's that's why I was sitting here listening to you give this whole cable ca- new cable properties. I was like, listen, I don't want to watch a show about guys <laughs> slapping each other. I just have no interest in watching. Oh, and, and oh I, I def- was working my way. <laughs> I, I definitely have no interest in watching a show about slapping people. Uh, you know, produced by a guy that just was on camera slapping a woman. No. I don't want to watch this. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, again, like I said, it works its way down. You could say at the top level, you know, at the, the lightest level, taking any blame off the show itself. You can say, oh, you know, cable properties aren't going to do well anyway. Then you can put it on the show itself and say, also, the show fucking sucks. Like, you're just I, you're, sla- yeah, you're slapping no the shit out of people. And then you work your way down even more. And the show is run by a guy who is just on camera slapping his wife. Yeah. No, no thanks. I, I have no interest in this. Uh... Hey, you know, I can't tell people what to do with their time, but, you know, when this became a craze of people sharing this on TikTok and doing those viral videos of people doing those slap contests, I thought it was stupid then, too. Um, mm-hmm. I just I just don't think this is a good idea. It reminds me of the, the, the Simpsons episode where um, Bart and Homer are slamming each, to each other with the pots on their head. It's like, this is a <laughs> stupid pastime. Like, what are we doing this for? I thought you were going to say glove slap, but no, that that actually is a lot better. Um, yeah, that's that's really good, actually. I always appreciate a good uh, Simpsons reference on this show, by the way, because you guys know I live for that show. That's also my, my go-to comfort watch. If I can't find nothing else, there's like a couple episodes of Martin as well, but like ultimately I'm like, Simpsons. Just go, Simpsons. You know it'll never let you down. You know that, uh, especially anything between seasons. I'm like seasons three through nine. I can pick pretty much anything out of and be satisfied. But uh, yeah, I'm obviously a very big Simpsons guy. Most people know that about me. Uh, Do we want to read some more Humper Chats? Yes. Ah, good. Well, I accidentally cleared the one out that I had, uh, so Perfect. let's uh, let's put this one back in. This one's from C. Romero. Thank you, C. Romero. I appreciate you. Um, sends in a $10 humper chat, and this one says, bam, got it in there. It says, sup, fellas. Sad news about Jay. Uh, I said what's up to him once when I was pulling up to the venue for Supercard in 2018, uh where was that that would have been new orleans yeah yeah uh it says thankful i got to see the first and last match of the trilogy with ftr live 
one of his last matches, ROH will miss him. R.I.P. Jay Briscoe. You went to that one, right, Reg? Twenty eighteen. No, I wasn't in New Orleans for that one. Okay, that's right. You went. Uh, you went to the first New Orleans one. 14, 2014. 2014. Okay, yeah. that's right. Um. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, look, everybody has just the kindest stories to tell. Uh, I thought, did you guys see the um, the DM that Darius posted after mm-hmm. Rampage a couple weeks ago? I didn't. Uh, basically, and this this is a, a testament to a thing a lot of people have said about Jay Briscoe, which is that he was always bigging everybody up and always um, talking everybody up and, and always wanting to make sure everybody got over, every, wanting to put people over. But after the match, it was Top Flight versus um, Brian and Mox uh, that opened that rampage just two weeks ago. It was a DM from... Jay Briscoe just telling him how much uh, he just sent it to Darius Martin, telling him, telling him how much he liked the match, and then it was a can't wait to mix it up with you guys, wow. kind of DM. That's great. Um, yeah, yeah, we have heard several stories like that where he was just so inviting to people that were either new to wrestling or you know nervous. Um, yeah, sad. Uh, yeah, this is gonna be that kind of episode and that makes me sad but also happy to get to celebrate the life of somebody who um brought us so much entertainment uh tony p says shout out to all the women supporting ruby and women with the crimson mask by showing pics of their own um on all social media speaking of ruby will i know you think she should be conflicted and still join with the uh os but hear me out she should join the ogs um hold on yeah. and why is that let's continue oh coach so tony says ruby's story in this should be defending her new home in aew you could tell a story of how she was overlooked by others for those same women and seen uh the os take opportunities away from people that earn them something that legit happened to her in wwe yeah i mean she could kind of go either way there I, I i would like to see her again be that conflicted one though right where uh so for those who don't know my my idea there i kind of fantasy booked the idea of you know ruby soho like it, i think it would be too easy to just turn her and be like yeah she's ex wwe and she's gonna align with tony storm and um soraya don't like that um, I think that that's an easy way to go. And I think if anything, you should give kind of Tony Storm or not Tony Storm, you should give Ruby Soho a little bit of conflict there where like logically they would want her on their side because yeah, that's where Tony Storm knows her from. That's where Soraya knows her from and they should expect her to join. They should be like, you know, yeah, you belong with us. You came in, you're the runaway, you're with us. But I think that uh, I think her character would benefit from having a little bit of conflict there of like, yeah, logically, I fit here. But uh, in my heart, I'm with the others. And I would like to see her kind of be the one that's torn between the two. And like, look at the bond she's formed with Willow Nightingale and uh, and how she's, you know, like on one end, she's always had issues with Brit. So 
why would she align with Brit? But at the same time, she's the runaway. She's she's had an indie background. She doesn't necessarily just align with these others. I think she has kind of the most interesting story you could tell with that. And yeah. I think they should do more with it. Yeah, man. Shout out to Ruby. For whatever reason, last night I watched her entrance from Double or Nothing. That really was a great entrance coming out mm-hmm. with Rancid. And mm-hmm. I feel like she looked like a huge star in that moment. And um, I think people take for granted that she has had some pretty big moments with AEW, whether that be headlining Grand Slam, having that moment with Rancid, uh, now having the Crimson Mask. Um, I think she's had some great career highlights with them. Um, right. Of course, it's not, it hasn't been perfect booking. Um, still waiting for her to get that title win eventually. Um, but, yeah, I do agree that um, she should be the one that is kind of dead in the middle of like, okay, well, this is my new home, but at the same time, um, I was there, and so I do mm-hmm. relate. Um, and I think putting them in a triple threat match right away, where she's going to be immediately conflicted, is smart booking. Um, yeah, I, I like everything they're doing so far with this. I did see some people going, why are they turning Soraya? Oh, it's like, well, are you surprised by that? Because the, <laughs> the reactions start to turn mixed with her, and once the reactions turn mixed... You got to do almost something. Almost no turning back. Yeah, right. You got to um, do something, and I think that um, AEW's been very good at uh, hearing what the crowd is telling them, and the crowd has been kind of pushing this originals against um, outsiders thing for a while. Not just with the women, with the men as well. So it made sense to do the storyline somewhere. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, you say that, but then I think about how long they held off on Cody and then ended up not getting, not doing it well, at I mean, all. <laughs> how much of that was just Cody and how was the, how much of that was the company? Some of that was yeah. not the Cody. But then again, as I've said before, that guy was a heel when he left. I, he was, mm-hmm. but it was, was interesting that it, it was interesting that when he did leave, he was like, nah, I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing or what I was doing. And this audience is going to cheer me. So, Hey man, oh, control the narrative, buddy. Yeah. I, I, I won. Uh, he and, joined and, Braun. I didn't know that, and Shit. and it's looking like he's won, man. I was sitting looking at that uh at his uh vignette Monday, and I was like, this guy's is, is gonna win the rumble, and if he doesn't totally. win the rumble, he's gonna have another big moment and and end up in a big match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I. Okay, let's talk about the the story. By the way, yeah, the story yeah, yeah. that's out there right now. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported yesterday that uh, The Rock is informing people that he doesn't believe he can get in ring shape in time for Royal Rumble WrestleMania, um, and the deadline is pretty much upon us. Uh, do you believe this? For one, um, and two. What, 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 what do you think the outcome is at this point? I'm of two minds with this. Either either he's working or he's basically telling people like, yeah, I have time to get in shape, just not for that. I don't care about wrestling guys. <laughs> <laughs> so it's either one of those two things. Like it's either him being him being coy or it's him being like, nah, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> like, yo, It's I'm, been funny on uh, online that people are just like, well, he's been, he should have known. It's been they've been setting this thing up for two years. They've been doing. I'm like, do you think he's been sitting at home yeah, watching yeah. SmackDown every week? He don't care. <laughs> he's just he was a superhero. The brother nah, don't got man. time. You think he's just he, like, well, let's uh, you guys ready for SmackDown tonight, family? No, bro. This guy's he, a gazillionaire, listen. the biggest actor in Hollywood. He don't care. 
he is not pulling up Wrestling Inc. or whatever website and looking at the news about what you guys are saying about him. He doesn't look at none of that stuff. He's somewhere he's eating those care. huge pieces of French toast that he always drinking has on tequila, his Instagram. Bro. He's tequila. And drinking tequila. He don't, he don't care about none of that. <laughs> look, uh, I, I'm of two minds. Like, on one end, I'm like, if I wanted to fool people, this is the way I would do it, right? I would I would make sure that it got out to um, the melters of the world and and places like Fightful and make sure so that way we can surprise people for WrestleMania and surprise people with the Rumble, like do it right before the Rumble. On the other end, this is exactly what I was saying with setting expectations, right? Where uh, if he doesn't show, you can say, look, we told you, like, Rock it was not trying. Mm-hmm. Rock was not yeah. trying to be there, and I don't know where. The, like I said, the, I'm of two minds about it because uh, I do feel like this is the longest stretch the Rock has ever gone without a match. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it felt like an eternity when Rock returned to 2011, and uh, we saw him back. And you know, Rock said after seven long years and we're like damn it's been seven years since the rock has been in a wwe ring the rock has not had a match now since 2013 it's been 10 years the gap is even longer than it was then so the idea i know look don't bring eric rowan at me that was not a match <laughs> um, but <laughs> no you're talking no. about when he came out with the the flamethrower not nah. yeah yeah no, he no. hit the rock <laughs> bottom one Rock bottom one, two, three, that does not count. You know what I mean. Rock having an actual match, the match you expect him to have with Roman. He has not had that match since WrestleMania 29 against John Cena, and he got severely injured in that match. And so there's a piece of me that thinks about that and how, you know, the Rock, that was Rock in ring shape, right? Rock was prepared for that. Rock uh, was training with Curtis Axel at the time. He was very much... Uh, training to be back in the ring and all of that. And right. if he's not actively training to get back in the ring right now, that man is going to get hurt. He is now 51 this year. This is not the same Very guy. Very different. <laughs> Very different. So, uh, and, I mean, he, and he's got the XFL launching next month. Like right. there's, there's a lot happening right now where I can absolutely see that as far as his schedule is concerned. And, of course, what has been the entire story this entire time? It's been... You know, we want to see Rock versus Roman so The Rock can put over Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. That's what we've been hearing this whole time. And I have seen people kind of throw out the idea of, look, Rock's taken a lot of L's lately. Does he want to take an intentional one Please, now? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Yeah. After uh, the Black Adam stuff, I can't take. I can't go and take another L, bro. I can't. <laughs> the, I can't. And one that I'm intending to take. Like it's. <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, it's one thing where it's an L out of your control, but to come in and be like, "Yeah, I'm returning to wrestling to lose," nah, in Hollywood, uh, <laughs> in Hollywood, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I think we'll know after Monday because I think if if he's coming back, I think they'll drop a hit Monday. Yeah, uh, the, you know what's funny too is everybody's going to be watching that segment for hints about what WrestleMania is going to be, and Roman's going to say something to the effect of, "We are the bloodline." This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? 
The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. We are the royal family of professional wrestling. <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> Only one. <laughs> See, I'm under a couple of different beliefs because now I'm like, he has Young Rock. I'm like, he might be trying to get a series finale. So, like, he might be trying to do the match, like, just for his little TV show so he could finish it out. But then I'm also under the belief that he's just, like, 51 years old, you guys. Like, people are like, but look at him. He's big and my, he's the Rockies, but, like, wrestling a match, dude. This is very different. 70,000 people and trying to keep up with the some young, your young nephew or whatever he is in his prime. Like, dude, it's hard. Wrestling is not easy. And he barely got through that last match he did 10 years later in the biggest show of the year. Like, it's a lot. And you don't want to put your shit. He, he can't be laid up for any amount of time. He doesn't have time to be laid up. Like, he has to be active. No every single day he's oh yeah how's he gonna film jumanji 3 like uh (laughs) (laughs) like kevin hart's gonna be like dude get up out this bed bro we gotta get this bread (laughs) yeah um (laughs) who would have guessed i never would have guessed 10 years ago by the way that a one of the top like hollywood duos because we've had hollywood duos for years right but like i never would have guessed if it would have been rock and kevin hart like not a million years and, but they do. They work well together, and they are a good comedic duo that, like, I can trust. Maybe the movie won't be great, even though, I mean, look, Central Intelligence was good, and the two Jumanji movies were good. I can trust that I'm at least going to get some laughs out of Rock and Kevin Hart together. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I do think he will wrestle again. I'm just not sure if this is the year. 
again, I think that we will we will get some kind of inclination on Monday. See, and I think that he was trying to tell us like years ago because I feel like he did say it in like a passing interview that the Cena match was the last one. Like he was, he was trying to tell us that like <laughs> ten it, years ago. It, nah, this is it. I came back. CM Punk fans are jumping all over me. I'm hurt. I listen. I'm hurt. I'm old. I, I'm wrestling with children. Yeah. I, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Gotta go, bro. The going? Undertaker oh, keeps showing un- up. Undertaker. Yeah. What's going on here, Phil Lindsay? <laughs> Uh, I mean, you saw the picture, though. Um, Undertaker ain't showing up like that. You see the picture they got for him on Monday? That man's going to come out on a motorcycle talking he about, is. you done it now. Oh, you gone and made a big mistake. And, like, <laughs> they're show- Terry's going to be there, but, like, Terry don't even, he's not even synonymous with Raw. Like, why are they I had that so same thought, Phil. Like, Reg, Reg, I had that same thought. Reg, like, look, he, um, that man went to... That man's first match on Monday Night Raw was against The Rock and Stone Cold in that NWO versus Rock and Stone Cold match. Ten years into Monday Night Raw's run. That man, like, I don't associate him with Raw. Like, he made a few appearances in the early days of Raw, but, like, Raw was, his Raw came around in 93, and 93 was really when they were kind of phasing Hogan out. And Mm -hmm. so, like, I remember that promo he did where he um, he was calling out Ted DiBiase. He kept calling him the multi-million dollar man. Um, And... uh, and he was and he brought out uh brutus beefcake and like that's all i remember from the early days of raw with hogan and then after that nothing like uh, until he returned with the nwo and raw was already in full swing at that point Mm -hmm. i feel like i associate him with more like the syndication era of wwe tv and uh and you know superstars all of those shows that's hogan to me um but not raw Man. That and I don't want to see Hogan anyway. I don't know what y'all talking about. They wait for any chance they can to bring Hogan back. Uh, they don't. It doesn't have to make sense. They just want Hogan there. Like, what sense did it make for him to be hosting WrestleMania when they did? Doesn't matter. We're bringing I Hogan mean, back. They were in Tampa and he lives up the street. I think. Where's the show at this? Uh, where's the thirtieth anniversary at? Philly. That man's getting booed. Oh, That's God. it. Too. Yeah, nah. It is in Tampa, but nah, nah. You didn't have to bring that dude back for that. Uh. Like yeah, you know Titus how we've up been there looking awkward, man. Let just just let Titus uh, uh, do it by itself. We've been commenting on raw crowds for a minute now, and how they've kind of been somber and like not that into the shows, and they always sit on their hands. Like uh, I, I was yelling at my TV this past Monday. Stand up, like just any, just do something. Get Move. up, stand up, and fight me. <laughs> Boy, that segment was bad this week. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, don't don't hate me, Alexa fans. It wasn't good. Sorry. The <laughs> like I I that segment. The I mean, just in general though, the crowds. I think that segment could have worked with like a crowd that cared. But like when Bianca did the creep up over the shoulder, but there was no pop for it. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. it need like I I feel like a crowd would have changed everything. All that said, there are a few crowds you can still always count on. Philly's one of them, mm-hmm. and I mean, if Philly's not active, I, there's no hope. Right. Uh, but I feel like they sold a lot of tickets for that Philadelphia show. We're all thirty. I think the Philly crowd will come through and be active, and I hope it's contagious. I hope that other crowds see that and are like, "All right, we're gonna bring some energy to this next show because I want to be live for 
one of these segments. Like I feel for LA Knight. Like I don't yeah. I think he's delivering great material and the crowds aren't giving him a great response. Man, that guy quoted Hove this week and and they didn't pop it all for it. I popped at home. Like <laughs> this guy really quoting Hove with that whole uh off your own switch line. And he even said the broad daylight afterwards. I was like, nah, he's quoting Hove. Like there's mm-hmm. no way that he he didn't do that intentionally. Um I thought his promo was great this week. No, you guys are not gonna agree, but <laughs> here we go. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's I know you guys go, are not gonna Phil agree. Lindsay, let's but I, go. I I popped hard for Firefly Funhouse just because I've ah, always enjoyed Firefly Funhouse, and I thought it was great. I thought the I thought the stuff that worked about this is the stuff that hasn't worked for the past few weeks. I think all of the humor in it. Um, him saying, "Man, what kind of parents from Woodstock would name their kids Los Angeles Knights?" Hilarious to me. I thought all of this stuff was funny. Um, I I understand what they're trying to do with Bray, but again, I think I do too. Decompression de- is is just making this a lot worse than it actually is because they're basically saying he came back and he wanted to do the right thing, and then after, ironically enough, a man slapped him. Um, <laughs> he then decided, no, 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 no. I have to be old Bray, and that's how we 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 slowly since last week seen him go back through his old gimmicks. Right, because last week he had the chair. Yeah, last week he had the the chair out there, and he was being the the eater of worlds, Bray. And now this week, he's. But like, what if you were one of those people who didn't like any of those Brays? (laughs) What happens then? Because, look, there's been a couple of runs that I liked Bray through. Not gonna lie, I, I did like Bray. Uh, but all of them, like in the end, um, <laughs> in, in the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I'm like every single Bray run to me always started with, okay, I'll give this a chance. I could get into this, and by the end of every single one of them, I was, uh, I I don't like this at all. Um, I remember when he got drafted to SmackDown in 2016, and I was like, okay, we're starting over. We're going to try something different, and um, okay, I could kind of get into this Bray. And then he even became WWE champion, and they were like, hey, let's also like broadcast bugs on the mat. And, uh, <laughs> and by I, the end of that run, I'm like, oh, this is so whack. Yeah, I still think that the the first thing that was wrong with that before we even get to the match with the bugs being on the mat and whatever else i don't want to see randy orton winning royal rumble at that Mm -mm. time and then Mm -mm. challenging um bray at wrestlemania Mm -mm. because i knew he was going to beat him and i was just like you're going to give bray his first title win and then immediately go up here's randy like no (laughs) no he we should have kept randy far away from him uh but here we are and then we uh, know what happened in San Jose. San Jose. Bray. Yeah. Bray and Randy. The worst Bray match and I've Randy. ever seen. <laughs> oh, I, I was confused at first. Like, well, I thought you were going to say we knew what happened after that and we got Jinder Mahal because. Oh, I mean, well, yeah, God. no, wasn't that match? I mean, Jinder interfered <laughs> in that San Jose match, but. Um, but hold on. First off, Red, you were at that show, right? That Extreme mm-hmm. Rules, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, how could you hate that? Uh, first off. <laughs> I believe bell to bell, Reg. That's the longest match you've ever seen. Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, Lord have mercy. Look, that match started at, at some house 
way up the street and that match went through the night and then they made their way in a car all the way to the arena where you then got to see it play out in front of you right how could you hate that you got to sit and watch you got to sit and watch cinema play out in front of you terrible that that your favorite word when it comes to pro wrestling is terrible (laughs) there's no turning back i'm supposed to like a guy after watching that bullshit that was terrible Yeah. And Randy Orton's there too, you guys. I'm leaving. I can't Smart believe I stay. Yeah. I yeah, when Bray won an elimination chamber, the last thing I wanted to happen after it was like, all right, well, feud with Randy Orton. I was like, uh no, mm-hmm. please no. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Randy Orton though. I hope he's recovering well no on a serious note, because like it sounds like he's really going through it out there. Yes. Yeah. Um Sorry, I'm looking for the or maybe. So I'm wrong. That wasn't Extreme Rules, by the way. That was no, it was uh, um, Payback. Backlash was it? No, not Backlash. No, Backlash was here that year. It was in Chicago. Okay, what pay per view was that? What show was that? Backlash was where Gender won the title. You're right. You're right. So it would have been the one right before. Was it Payback then? It might have been Payback. Uh, I'm lo- yeah. So it was Payback. Sorry, mm. my bad. Uh, I wanted to see what the official match time on that match is. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so it says 17 minutes but that's with a note next to it this time indicates the combined length that the match was shown on the broadcast as far as okay so that's the combined length i want to know from the time it began to the time it ended don't combine them i want to know how long that too long like where did it start in the show and where did it end you guys keep talking i'm gonna figure this out <laughs> Oolong. This is is gonna drive me nuts. I have to pull up. So what's this? Have they gave any more ideas of what this match is gonna be? The pitch black street fight? No, man, it's it's gonna be uh they they just have told us that there are no rules. Um and that's it. And so we don't know what it is. I still am of the suspicion that they were trying to wait until break out in ring shape. Um I don't know. Um, I do think uh, <laughs> I can't unsee it now after uh, Matthew of Mania <laughs> did this joke about uh, Uncle Howdy coming out with the lights and he, he he gave like this like southern <laughs> I don't know what it was but he's like I do declare and he was like moving his arms around <laughs> <all the place>. <laughs> <laughs> and now I can't unsee it he does look like that he looks like he does look like some creepy southern guy from like a Baz Luhrmann film. It's like, yeah. Oh, and the other news out of the week that that's gonna be the WrestleMania match. Oh my god! Is it? What do you mean? I'm asleep. Uh, Uncle Howdy versus Bray Wyatt at the. I show. am already asleep. Shenanigans. <laughs> I mean, um. Uh, well, hey, he's got a battle. How with did you recover from he this? He has to battle though. his demons. <laughs> That's the battle with demons. <laughs> demon you guys. <laughs> when people are breaking it, that's my favorite one. Like, no, you don't really understand. And they get their little nah, map. Man, I'm like, okay, not... if you start here and then Bray Wyatt. Okay, look, Bray Wyatt was the fiend. I'm like, okay, I get that part. But look, and then he also was the eater of worlds. Why are you explaining this all to me? When are they going to fucking fight, dude? This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're going to fight and it's not going to be good, you guys. Um, yeah. That's why they're turning off the lights. I, turn I, off like the a, lights. Turn off the lights. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me down. 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 Down to this terrible match. Turn the lights lower so we don't have to even know that it's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. I I did think that the Firefly Funhouse stuff was this week was at least the most I've enjoyed a Bray segment, um, in a while. 
Uh, like I said, that that segment from Raw was not good. It just was not good. Man. So is Alexa gonna beat Bianca? No, please don't <laughs> don't put this on the world. We don't we don't want this. Well, where are they going with this? I think I think Bray I think that uh I think Bray is going to keep taunting her. I think she's going to lose. Um, I think she's going to do something else by WrestleMania. Um, I don't see her beating Bianca because then what is the program for her going forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Bianca I, has I to be know. champion going into WrestleMania for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what is going to happen with Charlotte Flair because we haven't seen Ronda since she lost, and that's kind of weird. And then Charlotte's kind of a baby face now, which is also a little weird. Um, Ronda's going to win the Royal Rumble two years in a row. Oh, God. Please, no. Please don't do this to us. <laughs> They're going to do the, the match w- thing. That match was officially, by the way, 47 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone while watching <laughs> 47 minutes of this bullshit. It Y'all started... get Okada and Omega and I get this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it, it started at the 1 hour 27 minute mark and it ended at the 2 hour 14 minute mark. Um, of, as far as Peacock tells me, I'll so therefore, me, Vince McMahon. therefore, you had forty-seven minutes there, and you got an intermission. How many matches give uh, you an intermission? <laughs> uh man, I shameful. I'm so, yeah, shameful. Um, let's see. Tony P says, Phil, uh, we have heard uh, Shuri called the Lesnar of stardom. Which uh, funny because of her personality. Uh, so that has me asking, who would be the WWE counterpart of Tam, Micah, Saya K, Julia, Mayu, Mina, AZM, Momo, SLK, and Utami? Um, I did wasn't aware that people were calling her Brock, and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I think uh, it's probably just because of the MMA ties. Is my guess? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but you know, Shuri is around to wrestle. She doesn't just like win belts and disappear. Mm-hmm. Which I saw somebody saying, "Hey, is 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 Brock Gunter a thing? And is Brock gonna beat Gunther?" And I'm like, "Please no!" Like they're working towards getting the IC title back on TV. We don't want to put the belt on a guy that is not gonna be around. Doesn't make sense. Um, I don't know. Stardom is so different. It, it would be hard for me to come up with counterparts for all of them. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, and that's a lot of people <laughs> threw at me <laughs> to throw counterparts at. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had to give that one some thought. Yeah, you probably should have read that one before. Mm-hmm. Um so thank you for that, Tony P. Uh, Appreciate that. That is that is an interesting one though. But I, I get the Brock comparison just because of the the UFC stuff, um, and uh, but at the same time, I feel like she's a very different personality than Brock. Yeah, to me anyway. Uh, let's see. We got Orion Ben six 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 says. Uh, Morning slash afternoon, Grap City fam. Great news about Jay's daughter. And reach for the sky, boy, will live forever. 
now, did you guys see Okada go paywall Phil on uh, Kiyomiya? Um, I did see that this morning, that kick that Kiyomi gave to Okada. Yeah. Ooh-wee. Okada, Okada stood there and took them few kicks, and he was like, all right, all right. Then he took that one kick. That one like, kick. Blood, my, like, nah, fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that, Why are you playing, bro? That's like the <laughs> most... He can't kick the golden boy in his face, dude. That's crazy. This is Okada you're dealing with, bro. What are you doing? That was the most insane 90 seconds I think I've ever watched, but... I mean, I know when you get hit in the face, you see red, and at that point, it's nah. game over for whomever. He he was still mad after the match. He was like, nah, nah. <laughs> I think because he know what he's trying to do. He's like, no, you're trying to go viral on me. I'm Okada. You know, if you fuck me up and I fuck you up, everybody's going to see it. And it ha- it worked exactly how he wanted. Uh, let's see. We got Kyle says condolences to Jay's family and loved ones during this tough time. R.I.P. Jay Briscoe. Peace and love to everyone. Um, I keep forgetting, and then they remind me every time they. I'm like, fuck. We got to talk about Jay. I know. Yeah. Uh, uh. So what's interesting about? Look, I mean, I, I've been in a weird place pretty much since Tuesday. I probably guilt tripped the hell out of my daughter yesterday um, because she wanted to. Uh, it was right before school, and I was like, "Yeah, let me take you to school." And she's like, uh, "Dad, I want to ride the bus." Um, and I'm like, "Let me take you to school." Like, come on, like, how often do I get to take you to school? And she's like, "Yeah, I don't want to ride the bus with my friends today." And I don't know. I've been in such a weird place that I was like. You know, you'll never know what'll be the last time we got to ride the uh, ride to school together, and uh, and she's like, okay, um, and I don't know because like it, it's it, it put me in a very very weird place, and I, I talked about it on uh, day after dynamite this week, but um, like right after it, it happened, uh, like Denise and I were talking about it, and. We both had to read Tony Khan's tweet like six or seven times. Like, no, this I'm reading this wrong. He's not saying the right thing because the way this reads sounds like Jay Briscoe's dead. But that, like the that's character. not. Yeah. Th- th- I'm like, no, it's like it just reads like Jay Briscoe died. But that mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. Know. So let me read this again and see if I can make sense of it. Nope. I'm still hearing Jay Briscoe died. Let me try reading this again until it says something else. And. Every time I read it, it was saying the same thing. And because I, I hadn't heard the rumor beforehand, I know it was all kind of going around until Tony Khan confirmed it. Mm-hmm. But I had kind of put my phone down for about two hours at that point. I was like Dang. off Twitter and I was off social media. I didn't see anything. Um, and so as I'm scrolling, I was seeing like people's posts from like the hours before that were like, please tell me this isn't true. And all of these little things that led up to Tony finally confirming it. But I only learned from the Tony Khan tweet. And it was actually um, it was actually a friend who had messaged me beforehand. Just, you know, when, when somebody passes very suddenly like that, you know, loved ones start to kind of reach out to each other. And the first text I actually got was just, uh, hey, just wanted to tell you that, that I love you and I, I cherish our friendship. It was just kind of one of those texts. And I didn't know what to think of that other than, yeah, you know, love you too. Um, and then after I saw Tony Khan's tweet and then saw when that message was from, my brain put two and two together and was like, oh, that's that's what was happening here. 
but that is one of those moments that makes you kind of reflect, right? It makes you start to 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 look at everything because you know the the thing we knew most about Jay Briscoe is that he was uh, a family man through and through. He has three kids, two daughters and a son. Daughters were in the car; his son was not. Um, and of course, he had a wife at home as well. It's it's really unfortunate the way that that sudden deaths can tend to hit the hardest like this kind of thing, right? Because it's it's one thing when somebody is like death is always tragic. Don't get me wrong, I'm not making that kind of comparison. But you know, when somebody's sick and you kind of have that time to prepare and you kind of know that the the tragedies it's it's still a tragic time, it's still really sad, but you kind of have some time to accept what's about to happen. But when it's just something like a car accident where they were just trying to live their normal day, that's the thing we all do every single day is we we drive, I take my kids to and from school. It's a thing, right? And then all of a sudden, just over like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Way too young. Way too young. Yeah. Uh, and uh i mean beyond all this wrestling stuff i mean it, I, I i think it's awesome that um we keep getting stories from wrestlers and actual friends that knew him that have so many great things to say about him but i just keep thinking like man that's it's rough man it's rough to lose family and just to know like uh the entire time we've known the briscoes as a tag team if you know anything about them is that they are close-knit brothers and to lose a brother like that it's just it's sad very sad like and i mean not just that but um <coughs> with roh getting this like resurgence with uh under tony khan i just can't imagine ring of honor without jay briscoe like it, it's hard to imagine a company without him you mentioned on ask rhapsody this week phil that uh and just to th- I-, I thought about the numbers after you said that, but the last three Ring of Honor pay per views, Supercard of Honor, uh, uh, there was Undertaker again. Um, oh, I'll be right. <laughs> I don't want to make I'm this point. Without. I'm just trying to see what's going on with my life. I didn't want to make this point necessarily without Phil because it's still his, his mm-hmm. point. Um, but no, nah, I just Reg, you've. Uh, You've been a, a Ring of Honor fan a long time, mm-hmm. longer than me. I discovered Ring of Honor 05. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I missed out on those first three years. But what's interesting is there he goes. Yeah, but still, I don't know uh, what that was. That was weird. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, with uh, sticking with Reg on this question, um, you've pretty much gotten to see the Briscoes the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got into independent wrestling the way that I like it now because of the Briscoes. I was just, I just wrote, I, uh, for PWI, I got to write my righteous wrap up column about Jay Briscoe. So I really got to, uh, think about the whole thing. Uh, I discovered, uh, 2001, very pivotal year for professional wrestling. We talked about almost on a weekly basis. I was diehard ECW fan. I loved ECW. Like at that age, like that's all I cared about. What, what was going on in ECW? They died. WCW died. So 
wrestling was in limbo for like, you know, if you love WWF, they were going off there doing their thing. But like at that point, I wanted something else so bad. Like I liked what there was going on there, but like ECW, I needed that thing to be satiated. I needed, I needed that. So like I was scouring the internet 2001. One night I find these highlight videos from this company called CZW, Combat Zone Wrestling. And I'm just like enthralled by this young little flippy wrestler. He would go on to be Amazing Red and he just like blew my mind. But there was this tag team that was also uh, one of these highlight videos. Really young dudes. They looked like teenagers, and it turns out they were actually teenagers. Two brothers named the Briscoe Brothers. And so in 2001, I discovered these guys. I bought a tape from CZW, best of the best one. And on that tape, the Briscoe Brothers have one of the most famous matches that they ever had against each other, Mark and Jay against each other. The last, never forget it, the last spot is a tiger driver off the top rope. From that day on, I was like, these guys are the guys. And so immediately they were in ROH. First show of ROH, Jay Briscoe versus Amazing Red is the first match. The first match that ever happened in Ring of Honor history. Jay Briscoe was in the match. So everything I've ever known about Ring of Honor, the Briscoe brothers have been attached legit from the first match. And I've loved Ring of Honor for 20 years. And everything that they've done, like they've been in my top five for since legit since I saw that that match i was like these guys are the coolest fucking tag team ever they they're wild they do like any top tag team of the last 20 years they've been saying it online has stole from biggie was online saying like we took shit from the briscoe brothers we know the uh usos have taken shit from the briscoe brothers like anybody that's popular and it's like when i talk about the young bucks i say the young bucks are like the greatest tag team of our generation like the reason whatever everything aw exists uh, the Briscoe brothers are like 1B. It's 1A, the Young Bucks, and 1B, the Briscoe brothers, because their contributions are just as important as the Young Bucks are. Because when the Young Bucks revolutionized the tag team wrestling, the Briscoe brothers were across from them for a lot of those matches. Doing Nick the Jackson same just thing. recently said that um, he said, Our two greatest rivals, it's the Lucha Bros and the Briscoes. Briscoes. And yeah. Yeah, so they like wrestled, they, they wrestled each other, I think over fifty times. The uh, one of the best PWG shows I ever was at. The Briscoe Brothers wrestled the Young Bucks, and I was so excited to see the Briscoe Brothers inside of Reseda, that small arena, small little place, gonna be packed. It was lit. Briscoe Brothers come out, House of Fire. They double bill toss Nick Jackson over the top rope to Mac Jackson, and we're just like going nuts. It's everything we could ever imagine. So. Yeah, I've just been attached to so many great moments from Jay Briscoe. Supercard of Honor 2014 in New Orleans, we just talked about. Ring of Honor had a show. The main event was Jay Briscoe versus Adam Cole. Ring of Honor Championship ladder match. He's bloody. It's amazing. Everything you could ever want. And then, you know, like for us, we were at Supercard of Honor last year. We watched the show together. One of the greatest tag team matches in the history of tag team matches, I got to watch it with my brothers, Briscoe Brothers, against FTR. We're going nuts. It's crazy. So there's just so many of those moments that I'm That was hard to, to be a media person, by the way, that day. Because, because it's like, you know, as media, we're supposed to be sitting there calm. But like, hell no, we're not mm -mm. sitting here calm. I'm standing up, me? No, we were screaming our heads <laughs> off because we're witnessing the Briscoes versus FTR in history. person. This is insane. History, man.
And so, shit, I was working and not really on my phone. And one of the group chats is like, so the this message I saw was it was a car accident, and that's all that I saw. And like anytime you see like something like that, you're like, damn, who? Like it could have been anybody. Like, like I I have shock from Kobe now. I have shock from all these people of like reading things like that. So you have to do research. And the first thing I see is Tony Khan's tweet, and I'm like, same thing as well. I'm like, I can't. Like my brain isn't computing what this is saying, and so I'm mm-hmm. looking. I'm like, what? What? How? And it had already been a little bit of time too, so it was confirmed and everything. And it just like I had to like pull over and like really take it all in. And it's like fucking fuck, man. Like life could be over that quickly. The Briscoe brothers. He is the current Ring of Honor tag team champion. The Briscoe brothers are the tag team champions right now as we speak. And yeah. it's that's that's crazy that at like the history of that I just told of he was in the first match ever. If you think of Ring of Honor tag team wrestling, you think of the Briscoe brothers, and for that, for him to be the tag team champion as this happens is just ah, devastating and weird yeah. and crazy and I ah, shit, man. Yeah, I uh again it's it's still hard to like wrap my head around literally AEW had scheduled posts talking about the Super Card of Honor tickets going on sale. One of the big advertising pieces of that show is you're going to see the Briscoes. They're mm-hmm. signed to AEW, or not AEW, but Ring of Honor contracts. They are signed to Tony Khan. Um, despite the fact that they've been working kind of everywhere this last year, a big part of that was that Ring of Honor didn't have TV, but it's coming up soon. So in the meantime, go work everywhere else you need to uh, until it was time to reestablish. Uh, I was going to Phil's point before his lights went out, but the three last Ring of Honor pay-per-views, Supercard of Honor from last year, Death Before Dishonor uh, in the summer, and then Final Battle are the three most bought Ring of Honor pay-per-views. Phil made a point this past uh, Ask Rhapsody about how there's a lot of people out there, and I heard from him after he said that, uh, who... Never really saw the Briscoes before the FTR feud, but those mm-hmm. FTR matches really exposed people to who the Briscoes are and what they bring to the table. There's a lot of people that just didn't know. And yeah. sure, uh, that makes perfect sense to me when they weren't really on that big of a stage. And granted, right. while they never got to be on AEW TV, AEW TV did give Ring of Honor a bigger platform. And in doing so, that... Uh, gave people exposure to the briscoes they wouldn't have had and so just thinking about how they were kind of on their way to just getting known to people to a lot of people yeah i mean yeah they they famously cut that promo of they didn't fit at bigger companies because they didn't they didn't conform they didn't fit the look and so to see them finally you know it wasn't perfect of course it was flawed that they were getting a moment being a part of one of the greatest tag feuds of all time, in my opinion, in 2022. And I felt like that exposed them to a new audience and that was going to really push them forward as a tag team. And they just didn't get a chance to see the benefits of that. It's just really, really sad. It also, like, like I told you guys, it just makes me feel grateful that we were there for that first match of Supercard of Honor because it just makes it even more special. Um, mm-hmm. And there is something that I feel like is really special about them 
as a tag team going out on a high note and mm-hmm. you know delivering three of their best matches um you know and it's crazy to think about that's like their their the final thing they've done as a tag team is that is that program with FTR um like I said it does make it feel special but it is really heartbreaking that we didn't get more from them yeah it's a uh, more news coming out this week really makes it crazy to think about that the young bucks were trying to get them into AEW the entire time like we could have possibly had the briscoes from day one in AEW and thinking about that is just like oh my god man that's crazy that we could have been seeing the briscoe brothers every week on our tv and warner brothers just wouldn't allow it because of some shit and so yeah it's been really unfortunate like i i was in i was in fresno this week for uh dynamite and rampage and the jay briscoe you were at the tribute tribute. yeah so i got to see adam cole cut a really passionate amazing promo about jay briscoe i got to see some great matches i got to see the wrestlers pay tribute you know even though they didn't get to on tv eventually for free we will see that show broadcasted online so you will get to see it and tony Khan said that was just the first tribute show We'll see more tribute shows. For I, th- I think Super Card of Honor pretty much has to be uh, a tribute yeah. show. Like it was one of those shows that I was already thinking about going to, but mm-hmm. now it's not a show I'm going to miss. I, I will be at Super Card of Honor no matter what, um, and that that show just kind of gained so much more importance. Um, and yeah. like the Young Bucks will probably wrestle on this show, like when they wouldn't have originally. I think at this point, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do think that um, I don't know if this was intentional, but I do think it's great that both AEW and WWE had great tag team wrestling mm-hmm. um, going on all week. And I think that is a good dedication to what Jay's life work was as a as a wrestler, because that's what most people know him as a tag team wrestler for that top flight versus young bucks brother versus brother match is like a perfect way to. to that to was, yeah, and it wasn't even like planned to be that at the time but mm-hmm. for that to happen the way it did and by the way you know it's a great match a great victory yes. for um for top flight that was something that i was looking forward to all week and that was everything we i could imagine in that match just like <laughs> them everybody just going ham 100 miles I, per hour beautiful i, I was so excited for reg like when reg is at these types of shows and uh reg's type of wrestling is happening in front of him with reg's wrestlers when i think about how <laughs> like i think about who reg's favorites are right and it's like uh all i could think about was like reg is at this show seeing his favorite tag team the young bucks facing a team that he's been talking up for years that you know he has been um especially talking about darius martin alone he's been uh championing Darius for years mm-hmm. and you were seeing top flight against the young bucks right in front of Reg in front of him and uh they're doing his type of match and top flight won and Come won on. clean oh my god what yeah. are you doing to me I can't handle this and then you put Brian and Bandito after dude what are you doing I can't handle my heart can't handle all this I gotta go <laughs> Yeah, Amazing. I forgot how heavy of a Latino population Fresno really is. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it's a majority um, yeah. Latino Fresno is, and uh, I didn't think about that going into booking 
Bandito versus Brian Danielson. When that match showed up, I was like, this is going to be a great match. Didn't even consider that, oh, but this crowd's going to be 90% for yes. Bandito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like a, that's like that uh, Impact match I saw him in here. Nah, that crowd on the west side was fully behind Bandito. They mm-hmm. weren't trying to hear nothing else. They weren't trying to hear that Eddie Edwards stuff. Mm-mm. And Eddie is the one that ended up winning that match. But nah, they were all behind Bandito. Um, yeah, no, the tag match was very, very good. I was not expecting um, Top Flight to win. Super excited for what they do with them next. Um, and like I said, SmackDown had some really good tag team wrestling as well. I thought uh, I thought that initial tag match on the show with uh, Drew and Sheamus versus the Viking Warriors was very good. Like, it was better than I expected it to be. Yeah, Banger Bros is going to end up getting really over. Oh um, my god! I totally. Please stop calling them that. They're just—they're yeah. calling so them that. They, they oh call themselves god. it. They—they they are the Banger Bros. Damn and <laughs> there's an indie wrestling think... tag team named the Bang Bros, so they're gonna have to. Isn't the Bang Bros like a porn couple? Also, also, yes, also, yeah. Also. yeah. I mean, we know what they're making it out, Bosch, too. Mm-hmm. But the idea that uh, again, there was a guy in the front row with a banger after banger after banger sign, like that's getting over. So. Look, yeah. them being the banger bros is going to get over. And I heard and that Hit Row got a nice little victory too last night, huh? They got win. Um, um they got a win, yeah, over Los Latarios. I mean, look, I, I I am having a slight issue with SmackDown in that um I am not one to necessarily be one to care about heel versus face dynamics. I'm never mm-hmm. one to be like, who's the heel and who's the face here? Um <laughs> But I think that works better when it is face versus face, because at least you're giving all the fans somebody to dig into. But I feel like SmackDown lately has done a lot of heel versus heel stuff, and it's just kind of resulted in apathy. I think that, like, if you're doing, if you're going to kind of just break that wall down, I think that babyface and babyface works better, because then Mm -hmm. at that point, the fans are just like, hey, we like this person, hey, we like this person. But I think when it's heel versus heel and you've kind of positioned the fans to hate both it's like who cares who wins well, yeah yeah i, I, I think th- that's kind of an issue you're having with the la night stuff as well because is la night a baby face i don't think that he is um mm-hmm. and bray is kind of not a baby face at this point either so i mean i think I the know. fans are, are taking in bray as a baby face for sure but I think he's that clearly he's 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 coming out and doing maniacal laughs as mm-hmm. as Uncle Howdy that doesn't read his baby face. <laughs> but I, I do know. I do think that you know because they also did the Maximum Male Models versus um, Legato del Fantasma match, and again I looked at both and were like, "Were the fans yeah. supposed to sink their teeth into here?" Um, Legato. Yeah, I guess, but. Yeah, yeah, it's Legato. You can say it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I guess, like that's who they were supposed to, I guess. But like ultimately, now now the brackets are going to be lined up to do some face versus heel stuff. Uh, but I thought they weren't necessarily aligning it to begin with because they didn't have enough like babyface tag teams. Um, as a matter yeah. of fact, the only two babyface tag teams in the entire tournament were the Brawling Brutes and um, the Banger Bros. Yeah, um, everybody else is a heel. Yeah, I guess Los Lotharios is not a is not a baby face tag team, but then again, who knows? Because they aren't on TV much, yeah. and then mm-hmm. when they are, they just lose. So I don't know, which is strange. Maybe they were cause... supposed to be baby faces, but they got, they didn't have an entrance. They were it was already in the ring, Los Lotharios, and they got 
beaten by Hit Row. That was it. Yeah, that's unfortunate because... But the tag well, matches a... we did get were great. I think that... Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I thought great. Imperium versus Brawling Brutes, those guys always deliver with each other, and this was no exception. Yeah, and I was just saying that's unfortunate. Not because, you know, Hit Row won, but... Man, Angel Garza is very good, and it's kind of weird that they haven't found anything to do with him since mm-hmm. that run with NXT. Um, like, he's done some things. Like, I know he was in the faction with Andrade and uh, and Selena for a moment, but then it's just been kind of, like, all over the place since then. They don't know how to do two guys. that Like, they got... Um the homie from Legato Del Fantasma. So they're like, oh, we don't need Angel Garza. We have this guy that does it better. And they don't know how to book two of those they're same guys at the same two time. Two totally know? different characters. I exactly. Just, I don't know. Uh, going with the Super Chat really quick, Ricardo says, last I checked, Jay's GoFundMe was at 245K. That's excellent. That's um, awesome. I love to hear that. Uh, well, especially I love seeing the the outpouring for Jay across the industry. And it just goes to show what they were able to accomplish, knowing that, they never signed to a major company, and yeah. the fact that uh, you know Michael Cole gave a, a shout out on Raw or on SmackDown this week, and you know everybody's got on the J armbands on AEW because they all had ties to him. I talked about how um, so much of yeah, we've we've talked for ye- I mean the show hasn't been on for years, but we've talked for a long time for months, uh, the, the year and a half that the show has existed. Uh, about how much Ring of Honor has influenced modern professional wrestling. That every mm-hmm. day, you know, the, the, there was a joke that NXT Black and Gold was just Ring of Honor with a budget. Mm-hmm. And uh, thinking about how true that is and how much across the board, like you look in the Royal Rumble and you can kind of just start to check off people who were in Ring of Honor. Um, you look at the, the world title matches. Kevin Steen versus Roman Reigns, right? Yeah. Like, they, there's so much of Ring of Honor influence everywhere you look. And the fact that those two, and specifically Jay, were in Ring of Honor from day one, meaning that so much of the industry had to pass by the Briscoes, mm-hmm. uh, had to come in contact with the Briscoes, had to uh, share a locker room with the Briscoes. So, in some way, every side of professional wrestling right now is tied to the briscoes in a way and so jay's both of the main event feuds like uh steen has wrestled the briscoes and brian is in the aw main event feud has wrestled the briscoes like everything some at some point something has touched the briscoes through the industry it's amazing yeah and so for them to have never been signed to uh to a major company in that sense but at the same time are still so tied to so many pieces of them all that Mm -hmm. their legacy is felt in a way that we can talk about you know kofi mentioned in his interview with sean this week that he had never met the briscoes Mm -hmm. um but that he straight up said but you know me and woods and e would sit and watch briscoes matches uh and you know he's like everybody's influenced by somebody in professional wrestling and he's like we drew influence from the briscoes we knew that the style that they brought to professional wrestling and like those guys were self-trained that's the other thing um is that uh you know it it is one of those things that they they brought their own style to professional wrestling and in in the way that they were able to do it influenced so many others that's a really cool thing 
Yeah, yeah like they, that that ring that you see in the background of all of their promos, like that they were in that ring, like learning the Briscoe style and to be who they are. It's just so amazing to think about all the like because I went through and you know try to figure out their best matches and it's like legit if you have Honor Club and you just click any Briscoe's match, it's gonna hit. There's like rarely I I can't even think of a match that like doesn't hit. At minimum, it's gonna be good. At maximum, it's gonna be great. Uh, they did this match against AJ Styles and Amazing Red that has one of the craziest finishes of all time. Um, they have matches with Kevin Steen and El Generico, also known as Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, that are some of the best matches in history. Um, they have matches against American Wolves. They have matches against the Young Bucks, of, like we talked about before, Motor City Machine Guns. Like if you any match that of a tag team that you know is amazing against the Briscoes is going to be the one. So if you have Honor Club, Jay Briscoe also had his amazing world title, ROH world title run, matches with Jay Lethal, matches with Adam Cole. Like the match that he had, not as ROH world champion, but against the ROH world champion, Jay, uh, Samoa Joe in a cage, one of the maz- most amazing matches of all time. So, yeah, if you have Honor Club, definitely go out and seek some Briscoe matches because you're going to see the stuff that you see on TV every week. You're going to see where it came from. Yeah. Uh, Matt sent in a Humper Chat says, this week has been terrible. Met Jamin and Mark at Maryland Championship Wrestling Show uh, in 2002. So many excellent matches, mm-hmm. but that family are beautiful people. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the things that I've been taking away from this as well. Um, we're kind of in this era of, you know, when people make mistakes, they, they float around online constantly and people never let you forget when you make a mistake. And I just don't agree with, you know, making someone's mistakes their defining character trait because mm-hmm. you just don't know people outside of that. And I know that that's what the Internet likes to do. It likes to keep your mistakes alive and keep putting them in your face. Um, but it just felt like, you know, he had worked to move past certain things he said, and it looked like he was working to be a better person. Um, and, you know, I don't want to speak to the Warner Brothers stuff because that's corporate, you know, corporate is trying to protect their best interests. They're trying to protect Uh, their money. I'll I'll say one thing about the Warner stuff real quick, um, just to kind of put my, my cap on it because I said I would ask around, um, and I didn't want to ask that day because... The only thing to ask is how people are feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I am unable to confirm that the tweet is the reason. Yeah. Um, I am able to confirm that Warner was the reason that uh, that they weren't able to run the tribute and that um, that Tony really did everything in his power to to try and get that done and you know flew people in and when warner wasn't going to allow that show to happen it's like well i am going to make a show happen and it's going to be a ring of honor show mm-hmm. um and it's going to happen uh in this arena with these people um and he did everything in his power and uh that he was not feeling great about the outcome of it that much i was able to confirm um but I still can't get anybody to tell me exactly what Warner Media's or Warner Brothers Discovery's problem with the Briscoes is. Mm-hmm. And the assumption is that it's the tweet, but um, I've not been told that it was specifically that by anybody. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've, I'm just saying that, you know, uh, I know that it's become kind of a ongoing gag me here saying that you don't really know these people or you don't really know anybody. I just think that, you know, the fact that people that knew this guy intimately has had all these great things to say about him and you have this other thing that's contrasting that it, that is just like one of his big mistakes. Like I said, nobody should be defined solely by their mistakes, man. I just don't believe that. Right. No. Um, now, of course, uh, it depends on what the mistake is, of course. but Well, more than that, I think that when the mistake is thought, right? Like, mm-hmm. not not necessarily action, but it's more a mistake in thought. And think about how, where the phrase change your mind comes from and how, like, you can. You can change your mind. That is a very believable thing because I have very much changed my mind on a lot of things. And so um, when it comes to the idea that somebody's thoughts were their mistake and not necessarily an action but more so you know obviously action is is a lot different but when somebody's thought is their mistake mm-hmm. and they said and they've they've made it pretty well known that their mind has been changed on that um i don't know why it's so hard to accept that sometimes yeah but i mean but again that's internet culture of never ne- never letting people forget their their biggest mistakes and you know, we can't say it's a mistake because he did apologize. Um, mm-hmm. if, if he hadn't apologized, then, of course, I can't just come on here, you know, and full-heartedly say he made a mistake. As recently as a year ago, he was calling it the one of his yeah. biggest mistakes and something he completely regrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I just think you can't, you can't just, you know, decide somebody made a mistake and just completely write them off. Mm-hmm. And the hardest thing I was seeing, though, was um, a lot of people affected by said mistake were saying... Um, you know, they, they've come to know Jay and they, uh, they know that he was sincere in that. Mm-hmm. And saw that from a lot of people. A lot of people holding him over the, the coals for it were just like straight people who had kind of no say in it and were just kind of mm-hmm. like, um, well, no, you don't get to, to come back from this. And I just thought, right. yeah. I mean, I don't know that to be true personally. I don't know specifically if, you know, all, you know, people from the LGBTQ plus community. Sure. And and I'm not saying that either. But I I, I don't know that. But again, like I said, it just doesn't seem fair to just, you know, continue to judge him on it, especially now that he's not here. Like, you know, it's over. He's not here. And, you know, he's he's apologized for it. So just move on. Uh, we got Anthony Jr. for you says, uh, Grapsity, speaking of Jay and the tag titles, should, should Jay and Mark be given the Brody treatment and uh, we retire their version of the tag belts and be forever tag champs? Um, also, who should the new ROH tag champs be um, and what other matches should be on Supercard of Honor to honor Jay? I would like to see a Jay Briscoe Cup, I think, uh, an annual tournament culminating at Super Card of Honor would be kind of the thing I would do um, and make that kind of a, a go-to forever in, in Ring of Honor. Um, and as far as who I would like to see do it, I think that I think Top Flight being a team mm-hmm. of young brothers and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, you even have in that an older brother who uh, who kind of got his 
footing in the door before the younger brother came through. It's a, a lot of the same, a lot of parallels with those two teams, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just thinking about how the uh, the run they've been on lately. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I, really I, I older brother that just survived a bad car accident too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that is eerie yeah. too. Yeah. Very yeah. eerie. Uh, but I mean, I don't really like speculating on who should you know step in their place as well. Uh, Cause they should, you know, continue to get their moment of what they did last year. Cause mm-hmm. I do think that that feud is going to stand the test of time. Um, I do think it would be kind of a nice touch to retire those belts and, and redesign belts. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. I don't know if Tony has that in mind, but probably would be a nice gesture. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, uh, that's an easy one. I think that, you know, AEW has a belt designer, kind of on um on retainer in ron edwardson so i think reaching out to him and hey can you design us a new belt because it's time to retire these i think probably is within reason ron edwardson does really great work for them and uh especially as a guy who started out as a belt bootlegger by the way um which just goes to show that you can why are you putting his uh? Why are you putting his business out there? Some I mean, people that might not have known that a belt bootlegger. I mean, look, that, no, that, honestly, he he has said it outright. He has straight up said that, um, you know, he made his name making bootlegs of WWE belts, and uh, people were like, "Hey, the quality of these is, is dope." you need to be making belts and like he got mm-hmm. hired uh, it was actually cody rhodes who came across him and was like nah we want this guy he he makes the best belts like he he is the one you go to when you want a a good version of like especially when you want those like wwf belts that obviously wwe can't make anymore but so therefore there's no legal way to buy wwf championships but you want about like this attitude era belt right here i don't want that that says wwe that's don't sell me a WWE version of that. I'm not going to buy it. I know that that's like the way to buy it right now, but that belt did not exist with the WWE logo. I do not want it with a WWE logo. Will, Will Washington getting on our podcast and saying, go through a legal means to get something. <laughs> you, no, look, I am straight up going to say that if you want, if you want it accurate, get it the way you need to get it. However, that's going to be. Cause get it like, how you get it. I get, get it. it how you get it. I mean, mm-hmm. look, this one is a legit one. I have had this belt since 2001. Um, that one is indeed a true WWF Attitude Era belt that was signed by Mick Foley. Um, and that one I did get legit. But I would say that if you want WWF stuff today, there's only one way to get it. But like that's how he made a career for himself, though, is... He was just making quality bootleg stuff. And Cody saw it one day and was like, nah, we need this guy. <laughs> like, But I think that's a good testament to um, to good work, right? Where like, mm-hmm. there have yeah. been, and it's happened in, in the business world where guys who started out as hackers get hired by the businesses they hacked because damn, you broke down our network. So at this point, like you, you obviously know the flaws in our network. Please come work for us. Uh, that's happened before, and I kind of like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, I'm, 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 I'm a believer in giving people actual work for what they're good at, rather than punishing them for it. Yeah, um, 
I saw someone uh, tweet a while ago. Um, if you're not scamming in your 30s, you're doing it wrong. And I was like, <laughs> you know. So it's very true that there are a lot of people that, that most people in their 30s, even if you work a day to day job, have a hustle and everybody has something. Yeah, That's no, cool. I'm like I said, because I'm a believer in um, my wife and I have this conversation all the time about how, like, uh, you know, if if the if the crime of your work isn't necessarily hurting anybody, um, I think the the right way to uh, rehabilitate that person is to make sure that they're is to give them the actual work. Like mm-hmm. if they're good at it, um, don't throw that person in jail. Hire them. Like mm-hmm. that's that's what I would do. It's like because clearly they're showing they're good at the work. Um, yeah. I and, mean- I mean, look at look at what is going on with Mandy. I mean, there were so many people like, oh, she breached contract. Like, no, she's making more money than she was there. Um, <laughs> she just got the Tamron Hall interview. I don't think that uh, that interview would have happened based off solely the wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that she's probably more popular than she's ever been. Seems so, like she came by the other side of this looking <laughs> all right. So, yeah, I, I think I think give it to folks, right? Like, don't don't put people who sold pot in jail. Help them get business licenses mm-hmm. to uh, to start doing it through official means now that it's legal as, in as many places as it is. Like right. that that's how I feel about this, and that's how I'm always going to feel. I think that makes a society better. Um, but also, I've I could do a whole podcast on prison reform. All right, this is the thing that I feel really passionate about. So straight uh, up, <laughs> so I like it. Weed. Have we talked about on the show how like? <laughs> We um I just want to reiterate again, like Supercard of Honor is happening because I made it happen. Have we talked about that on <laughs> yeah, the show? Yeah, like, guy, we would, there no, would no, no, not no. be a Supercard of Honor show if it wasn't for me specifically. Uh, look, Tony Khan in our interview gave you credit for that. He mm-hmm. straight up said he, he was wasn't not going to do it. He was like, he I'm out of He didn't like it. He didn't like yeah, WrestleMania I, I, weekend. I feel like we just kept bugging him until it was like, all right, all right, I'll, I'll guys. do it. Yeah, okay, yeah, keep asking about Reg it. Reg made Supercard of Honor happen. And, like, for those who don't know the story there and think we're just, like, bigging up ourselves, literally in the media scrum at Supercard of Honor last year, um, Tony had said that he doesn't like WrestleMania weekend, that, you know, he honestly wants to get out of town because it's so busy and all of that stuff. And it was the first time he had done one. And Reg said in the media scrum that he would like to see Supercard of Honor continue because that was how he discovered Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. and uh, Which that is it, not necessarily true, but that doesn't really add up. I mean, it, I, I <laughs> went to my first Ring of Honor show live in 2009, and I semantics, definitely discovered them semantics. in 2002. But, I mean, you know, we're connecting the dots. We're connecting the dots. <laughs> so either way, either way. But I was Reg- just saying, that's my favorite part of WrestleMania weekend is the yeah. Ring of Honor show, like, every time. So I want to see that forever. Yeah, and so Reg told that story, and Tony was like, you know, I never really thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. That I'm going to have to give that some thought. And now it's here. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. You have to give Reg the credit for that. It was absolutely <laughs> righteous Reg who <laughs> made that happen. I just like wrestling, man. That's it. Listen, That's it. That's um, all. I don't know. We, we've, spoken, we've spoken privately about our influence. I won't. I won't. <laughs> <go on. laughs> I don't I, You know, man. I Shout out to the Latino uh, best 500 Latino wrestlers. Yeah, no, that's honestly, that's a great influence. I think that um, I just want you to be like, I got this from this, though. That's it. 
I mean, look, <laughs> I, I think it's dope. I and, just like uh, my credit. Give my damn flowers while I'm <laughs> um, fucking here. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't a uh, homeboy that made that also the, my man that makes the collages as well? He does. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, cool. yeah. He, he's a cool yeah. kid. I like he's him. Very cool. Brian yeah. F., I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, Brian. Love Brian F. Yeah. yeah, I'm totally uh, just trolling. That's a really cool list. I want, I've, I've made my list so people could eventually do that. Like, that was legit the point. Like, when people are like, blah, 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 I'm like, I want you to make a list also. So there's a bunch of lists of people being recognized. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I think that's great. I think the the fact that something like that exists and like the, the QWI exists as well. I yeah. Think that's great. So cool. Yes. But, but I mean, we know who started this gangster shit and this is the motherfucking <laughs> thanks I get. Hello. Shout out to Brian F, man. <laughs> cool Shout kid. out to Righteous Reg for Supercard of Honor, Black Wrestling <laughs> 500. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to shout yourself out. But, Why you know? not, man? Who, if I'm not going to do it, who else is going to do it, Phil? I don't know, man. I don't know. All right. All right. I want to read some of the... Um, okay. Well, we got this Humper chat here from uh, Van Twinblade. It says, I've said it multiple times this week, and I'll say it again. Warner will work with that turf jkr but won't work with a man who's done all he could to make up for the stupid shit he said 10 goddamn years ago um i I, there's i mean it's um i think a big piece of that uh because you mentioned jkr right i think a big piece of that is who or what does Warner Brothers Discovery have their money already invested in? When you're talking about big businesses, I think like they have had so much money in Harry Potter that I don't think they'll ever back off of that because they know, nah, this yeah. has been the thing that's and made like us people keep bringing up the Flash, billion. and it's like they got a lot of money invested in yeah, the Flash. You guys. That's why, like, like, and I'm not excusing that. I'm yeah, saying that no. that's just the business world. I think right. that for them, they don't have any money invested in Ring of Honor. It's mm-hmm. uh, so as far as they're concerned. We ain't got to deal with that. Um, Man, and that's corporate. That's how corporate move. Corporate mm -hmm. is not moral. Corporate is only only worried about, hey, can I still make money on this? Um, Is this too dangerous for me to no longer make money on it? And that's it. Mm -hmm. That's how corporate moves. And so I don't like it either, um, but not surprised. Not surprised because that's what we know about corporate. Yeah. Um, And it's... That that is that is corporate. Uh, why, why do you think I always come on here and say what guys support the wrestlers, not mm-hmm. the companies? We're supporting mm-hmm. Jay Briscoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back on some earlier topics, uh, we have a super chat here. This one's from Orion Ben. It says, "In the words of Simon Miller, goofy wrestling for life." Uh, we got <laughs> another one from Steph the writer that says, "I did. I really didn't need them to drag Bianca and Alexa into Bray Howdy nonsense." Yeah, um, it's a shame because I really feel like this is this is the least interested I've been in a Bianca feud since yeah. she's been champion. Um, I'm just not into this. It's just not working for me. And that's not to say Alexa is bad because I think Alexa cut a pretty good promo the week before. But this segment this week, I just I was not into Didn't it. Hit. Eloquent says, peace, y'all. Wanted to show love to y'all. Also, shouts out to Shannon Sharp. Bruh. Uh, LMAO. He wanted all the smoke with the Did Grizzlies. y'all see Shannon Sharp on the sidelines? He was wilding. Look, I watched uh, both games last night because uh, it's not that the Grizzlies are necessarily 
my enemy, but I do feel like we were just talking being, about the Grizzlies, weren't we? Uh huh. But with them being <laughs> the number two seed, I would like for the gap between them and the Nuggets at the number one seed to widen. And so, yeah, I'm a root for the Grizzlies to lose. And they were on an 11 game winning streak. And every single time I'm like, this is the one that's going to beat them. You know, Cleveland lost by one. Um, I was like, damn, uh, it's so close. And so I was watching that Lakers game last night, edge of my seat. Uh, I was like, wouldn't it be something if this Laker team is the one to finally end Memphis's winning streak to stop them from going uh, 12, uh, with a, stop them from having a 12-game winning streak, longest active winning streak in the NBA. And wouldn't you know it, uh, the Lakers won. And in the in the last minute, that turnaround, the way that they were able, I didn't think it was going to happen. Honestly, I was like, you know, I just see them basically trading hacks until uh, eventually Memphis scores. But to get that steal and end up taking the lead in the last sixteen seconds, the Lakers beat the Grizzlies. What the what, Lakers what? ended the streak? What? What did I tell you when we talked about this a few days ago on Ask Rhapsody? I don't believe the Grizzlies. <laughs> I don't believe them. I, I've, I, I've been telling y'all that. I don't believe them. And so, because every time it's come down to them to prove it, when they're doing all this talking, they don't. That was the story of the Christmas game. Yeah. I mean, the, well, the, the interesting thing is, again, 11-game winning streak is nothing to sneeze at. No, of course But not. I will say that they've all been, especially, at least the recent ones, have been very close games. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like they decisively beat Cleveland. They eked one out against Cleveland. Um, the fact that it was that close with the Lakers, uh, and the Lakers had a good game. Like, this was honestly, you know, they were saying on commentary when it was looking like the Grizzlies were going to win was, you know, it, it would be a shame for the Lakers to have played the way they did today and not come out with a victory. Uh, and so, like... But these were very close, whereas the game I watched right before that, the Nuggets slaughtered the Pacers. And I know you'd be like, I mean, it's the Pacers, who cares? But uh, they did so without uh, Jokic. Jokic did not play. Uh, And also Coach Mike Malone is also out. And so the fact that this team is doing what they're doing without the MVP, without their coach, I think is a testament to the fact that this team is the real deal. I am not saying, people, that I believe they are getting a championship. Not saying that because I know how these things work and I am not trying to jinx myself. But what I am saying is this is the best I have felt about it ever. And I've been in you see this guy, Reg. You see how this guy took this whole Shannon Sharp talking point to tell us how how yep. Brady feels as a Denver Nugget fan. Right? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Absolutely, because it all comes back around, right? Because the Grizzlies are the number two team. None of this had anything to do with Denver. Mm-mm. It don't matter. I don't get to Shannon. I don't get to do this that often because the Nuggets aren't that team that often. But guess what, guys? The Denver Nuggets are that team. Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't get to see this entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good I game. Did, I did see the the Shannon stuff when I woke up. And if you know anything about Shannon, he's a Bron guy. Like he's very yes. clearly a Bron yes. guy. Mm-hmm. And so I did think it was funny that this guy was ready to take on a whole team for his boo boo Bron. <laughs> and I was like, bro, 
sit down, bro. Enjoy the game. <laughs> like you're not a player. Sit down. Like why it are you? Like why his influence worked? I mean, they lost. Why? Why are you join with the players and then start join with John Morant's dad too? It's like, dude, what are you doing, man? <laughs> and, and one of the most hideous cardigans I've ever seen. Like, yo, <laughs> what are you doing, Shannon? Uncle Shannon be having the cardigan game on lock. What are you doing, Shannon? Like, yo, and I heard he was talking mad reckless in in the tunnel when they were trying to calm him down, mm-hmm. and he eventually came back to a seat. And he basically told everybody, like, nah, they didn't want no smoke with me. And I'm like, yeah, because you're a massive football player in this yeah. crazy looking cardigan. I'd have been looking like, boy, who is this dude? Leave me alone, too. <laughs> He's big. You know what's interesting is that, um, so, Shannon Sharp. It is amazing how big of a name he's become. Because, of course, bringing it back around to Denver, oh, Shannon Sharp, of course. No, I mean, look, he came to prominence as a Denver Bronco, right? But, like, <laughs> the thing about Shannon Sharp was that he was um, – he did a lot of, like, Denver spokesperson things that were, like, just kind of local shit that nobody else knew about. Um, you know, we have good times. Um, our fast good food times. Right? <laughs> Not that good times? No. Although, I'll, every time I get in line for good times, I'm always like, hanging in a chat line. <laughs> good times. But, no, we have a fast food restaurant. Good times. Um, I mean, it's – Basically in and out with, it, it, there's not much to it, but it's yeah. uh, but I like good times. Anyway, all the commercials used to feature Shannon Sharp back in the day, and it was Shannon Sharp. So he's like, oh, I'm Shannon Sharp here for good times, and he he was a spokesperson. It was the local thing, right? It's so that's always something I associate with Shannon Sharp as like this local Denver name, and the fact that you know he is now Shannon Sharp, a name that we know nationally, and he's. Got so few ties to Denver. Now he's like he's just known as a LeBron guy, which mm-hmm. is so funny to me because of the fact that this is a guy who won Super Bowls. What are you talking about, LeBron guy? But now he's just a talking head. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, I mean he 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 sits across from the most well known anti anti Brian guy, so he has to be <laughs> the complete opposite. Of that he is mm-hmm. the biggest Brian guy in the room. Yes. <laughs> Shannon he's amazing Sharp. though. Great content. I, I love Shannon Sharp. Mm-hmm. I love Shannon Sharp a long time though, and so I I think he is great at what he does. And uh, I remember a couple there, of weeks ago when uh, Skip was talking reckless to him, saying that his shit wasn't worth it compared to uh, Tom Brady. He was wilding. He was he going was crazy. Um, but I I feel like when I saw people going nuts over there, I was like, yeah, I watch wrestling. They working. <laughs> can't believe it if it's on tv it, uh, it, it, it looked very much like a work it looked and like they were it, it, like these guys are still working together people that are like oh he really doesn't like shannon i'm like okay don't know you what believe it. Be talking about yeah, yeah. I, I uh I, I lost my train of thought there actually <laughs> it, it, it did some... oh yeah no i was gonna say um i remember when i was in school and I was, uh, there was a lot of people around me who were also, um, you know, trying to, to break into broadcast media. And it was around the time when there was kind of this explosion of athletes who were getting broadcast media jobs. And I remember there was so much hate around the pe- uh, from the people who were like in school for it, who were like, mm-hmm. how come, you know, you could give Charles Barkley a spot talking um but meanwhile i'm gonna have to fight for a spot like this because i'm in school for this and i thought 
because don't nobody want to hear from you. Like, that's yeah, exactly. The yeah. I want to hear what Charles. <laughs> like, and look, I, look, I am, I am in school for this. I recognize why uh, I'm probably going to have a harder time breaking in than an athlete who has the history with the stuff I'm talking about. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, people want to hear from them more than they want to hear from right. me. Right. I'm not yeah, mad about when I that. listen to podcasts, the most podcasts I listen to are people that like are there, like Questlove or like Drink mm-hmm. Champs, like the ones that were actually out there is way better than like someone on the outside saying that as someone on the outside sounds crazy. Listen to Grapsity every Saturday. It's a great <laughs> show. We're great. I mean, but no, get good at what you do because I think that people are always going to want to hear from famous people. That's definitely they're famous people. But I. I don't know if you're good at what you do, then they'll want to listen to you as well. Mm-hmm. Like coming out and be like, oh, well, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know. Be good at your craft. That's I mean, and the thing is, like, Shannon Sharp's also just a he is a charismatic guy. Mm-hmm. Look, I want to hear him talk about basketball more than I want to hear him talk about football. Right. That guy didn't play basketball. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's fine. <laughs> that actually works for me. Uh, so, again, I, I think there's more to it than that. But I uh, but like I said, I do hear it from people who don't necessarily see what the value is from uh people who who did it and but there is also value from people who didn't right like i still i loved hearing from roger ebert on movies um because i think that he had an eye for the development of film in a way that sometimes when you make films uh, and i feel like wrestlers can sometimes see it this way too mm-hmm. sometimes you kind of lose the perspective that the fan has and right. that uh you know sometimes when i do hear from wrestlers about uh how they perceived a match and i'm like yeah but you're kind of seeing it from the perspective of somebody who would be in the ring and not mm-hmm. necessarily from somebody who's outside of it because sometimes the stuff that you're seeing ultimately went right over yeah. fans heads and sometimes wrestlers harp on things that fans don't even know like they're like i yeah. didn't even know that that was anything what are you talking about and wrestlers mm-hmm. are like there was that one thing and fans are like the whole match was great what are you talking about so yeah, yeah, yeah it is that, different I, perspectives I, I definitely felt like that a few weeks ago with lance and lance was just like doing his frank rhymes like none of this makes sense ah and it's like mm-hmm. it's fine lance it's it's it, it's enjoyable i mm-hmm. understand who the heel is like it's not that big of a deal but he was just like not trying to hear it right <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Jake Salazar says, "I'd rather watch. Uh, I'd still rather watch Power Slap than Bray B. Yeah, that, that is uh, super cap. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you know this cap. <laughs> I mean, look. That. I'm turning on Chopped on Come the Food on. Network. Over both of them. Stop. Stop. Holla y'all, says, y'all are not watching Power Slap. <laughs> Paige Van Zant as an outsider, more complexity than outsider equals from WWE. Much love to you all. That's true. Like the the idea that." Um, the outsiders could also just be people who came in from anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I am concerned that they may try to bring Mercedes in as an outsider because she's not going to get booed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope that they don't attempt to do that. Um, yeah. Now she doesn't really fit that spot. It's like, I, if you're going to bring her in, you got to bring her in as like singles, like she's here to mm-hmm. fucking be the one not as the third person i think yeah yeah 
Eloquent says, The Rock couldn't be bothered to show up to the anniversary show WWE threw for him. LOL, he unbothered. I mean, that's the thing that I think, because uh, I know people are looking at the hints because they saw that <laughs> WWE playlist they put up where it said, uh, it was like top Royal Rumble endings and it had The Rock with the WWE Championship and they're like, look, they're trying to hint at it. Look, they're selling Rock merchandise and I'm like, they also did that for Survivor Series last year. That was supposed to be the... They more 25th. than hinted. They were like, we want him to be here and he was like, nah. <laughs> Yeah, they were. They literally public. used his <laughs> Netflix movie to promote it. Yeah, it he was, was like, like, "Thanks for the promotion, you guys." <laughs> hey, here, here, take this cold egg. Like that's the best I can give you. I'm not coming. So, so there's a reason why I I see all the the signs people are seeing, and they're. But also, I'm like, we kind of saw this before, though. And you know, like these days, I, WWE doesn't care about surprises anymore. I feel like if they had the Rock, they'd be like, "Yo, we got the Rock, Rolling Stone, or somebody." Like they they don't care about surprise. At least see what they did. I with mean, Cody. what they did with Cody, Cody, they did, and um, because uh, oh, Cody last back. year WrestleMania, yeah, when he yeah. came at WrestleMania, I think with uh. The Royal Rumble, the reason that Cody was fully announced uh, is because nobody else is positioned uh, to sell this Royal Rumble match. Like, right. Seth Rollins is still out for the United States Championship. Bobby Lashley is challenging for the United States Championship. Nobody on SmackDown is really, like, talking <laughs> up, hey, I want to win the Rumble. Hey, I want to go to WrestleMania and be the main event. Nobody's talking about that. They're not sure. selling... Well... Rollins has, but they basically <laughs> told y'all that he's a mid-carder. But he has been saying Which in so many words, every time he gets a chance, like, I want to headline WrestleMania. What are y'all mm-hmm. talking about? Well, um, so in the promo with um, with uh, that one face-to-face he had with the, the crutch against uh, Theory, I went back and rewatched that um, kind of for this point because I wanted to see, does he specifically um, note that he wants to main event WrestleMania? And it was weird where he still kind of brought it back to the United States title. And I felt like Cody has been the only person who has been positioned to say, no, I want to win the Royal Rumble and go on to become WWE Universal Undisputed Champion. He's like the only one doing that. So as far as selling the match is concerned, you only have one guy that you're selling that concept around, and that's Cody Rhodes. And therefore, if you don't promote him, you're literally not promoting the concept that WrestleMania gotcha. is about. And right. so I get that, actually. That mm-hmm. like made yeah. perfect sense to uh, me to announce him. Rollins is still trying to do his company guy thing. and he's <laughs> Yeah, it, it's funny. It, it's funny because, like I said, if you look at his tweets, you can tell. like He's like, nah, I want to I headline WrestleMania. Right. <laughs> but on the show, he's like, all right, I'll do this United States Championship stuff, guys. Uh, I guess. <laughs> Derek Gordon says, regardless if the crowd turned on Soraya or not, if they planned on doing this angle, the crowd was never going to boo Sheeta or any of the OGs. They already cheered Jamie and Britt before this. I mean, yeah, that's... that's but again, when you start to position people, because uh, that was where it started, that um, Soraya and Britt had that face-to-face, and Soraya cut that promo where she was like, you never did what I did. I was in... The, she accidentally said the Tokyo Dome and all that, but she was like, you never did what I did. And Britt was like, I, I, you call this your house, but I laid the bricks for this house. Mm-hmm. And I think the fans gravitated more to what Britt was saying, right. which is, I mean, yeah, we do watch this show. And mm-hmm. on this show, we've been watching Britt Baker. It's just kind of an outsider. So... Yeah, I so I, I, yeah, I think this was a natural way to go from there. Um, this probably wasn't a plan, but 
I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I did I did chuckle because we all assumed that Sheeta was going to turn heel, but this now makes it seem like she's just going to stay face and team with Britt, who is now looking like she's going to turn face. Right. Um, well, I think that I I think that's a good story to tell too. Where like this whole team of you know the AEW originals would have to be led by Britt, and Britt's got bad blood with all of these people. Where they're mm-hmm. like, except hey. Yeah, well, except Jamie. Sort of Jamie. Mm-hmm. Right, because, like, she does, like, I would reluctantly be on this team, but fuck Britt Baker. And, mm-hmm. and same with Ruby Soho. We just told the story of how Ruby would have conflict of, like, do I want to be with these girls because, you know, I did come from where they came from? Or do I want to be here, which is the team I resonate with, but also it's led by Britt Baker and fuck Britt Baker. Right. So, like, there's there's a good story to tell there. And I think that if they give it the proper time and give it the proper um, creativity, they could really tell something good there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, agree. Um, I do think the, the last piece of the puzzle is Jay joining them reluctantly at the end and being there just because this is our home and she's an AEW original, but at the same time, like just staring across the ring at Jamie Hayter, like, yeah, well, what you got? Mm-hmm. Uh, laying the smack down wrestling and sports says we might get Cena. Peacemaker was a win. Uh, I, I mean, we're getting Cena at WrestleMania for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was already I don't confirmed. Think we, right. I don't think he's going to be in the rumble, but um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I was against the idea and it sounds like it's not happening of Cena versus Logan Paul. Don't do that. Uh, uh, now it's sounding like Cena versus Theory. I think mm-hmm. that makes more sense. I'll definitely take um, that over Logan Paul I, for sure. I would even bet you Theory does lose the United States title um, because I don't think Cena and Theory should have the United States title at play. Um, I think that match should really be centered around. Where does Theory this leave uh, Bob Lashley for the WrestleMania then? Mm. Uh, something hurt business related? Well, you know what? Oh, I got it. I got it. Got it, got it, got it. So, you know the rumor was Brock Lesnar versus um, Gunther, but now Mm -hmm. I've been hearing that match isn't happening. Mm. And if that's the case, IC title for US title. Bobby Lashley versus Gunther. Mm. Let's fucking do it. I mean, or you could just give him his rematch against Brock and actually give him the win. (laughs) That too. But I think if the if you, if Bob has the United States title, do Bobby and Gunther? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Shame Monster says anyone watching Stardom? This guy, Philip Lindsay. Um, I did not watch new, the New Blood show. Um, all of that sounds crazy, <laughs> but it's Rossi. It's Joshi wrestling. There's a lot of wacky stuff that goes on over in Japan. Oh, a 13-year-old versus 16. Oh, yeah. So it's his latest new blood show for people listening audio-wise. I tend to forget there's a lot of people who listen to audio. Uh, Latest new blood show, Stardom, uh, featuring freelancers, had a 13-year-old versus a 16-year-old open, and later on the card, a muscle girl with an adult film film side hustle. Rossi is wild, one of a kind. Yeah, Rossi, (laughs) some of his booking decisions are very interesting. Like, the fact that they keep doing these, like, weird <laughs> the fact that they kept doing those like cosmic angels matches and i'm just like this is just definitely not for me it's for somebody but it's not for me <laughs> mm-hmm. uh let's see david reed hey i grew up with a david reed um spelled exactly the same way but blood and guts jamie Britt, sheeta nyla and willow um again this is a story that a lot of people are interested in uh mm-hmm. it says versus soraya tony athena 
uh, Ty and Blank. Yeah, um, I think it's great. I think that uh, this is the most I've seen people interested in the entirety of the women's division. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't beat that. I think that that means that you can you can do something that is overarching with the entire division, and then you can come out of that and spin off several storylines from it. Yep. Um, let's see. Shy Town Spur says Bianca is about to get the Wyatt program babyface treatment, and I hate it. I mean. Oh, I, I mean, I think she's going to win. I, I think, don't think she's losing to Alexa. I think Bianca can come out successfully. Yeah. Um, and somebody had noted to me, they said, well, they were doing the yeahs again. You said this last time when uh, when I said that LA Knight wasn't getting a reaction. I mean, watch that promo again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was so, it was so faint that I felt like, no, it it didn't feel like there was much heat for that at all. Now, granted, he was facing a jobber. Like it wasn't a match that I think was going to get much heat, but I don't I just didn't feel like obviously it's night and day versus Roman's music hits later in the show and it's like, okay, that's the reaction that's of yeah. the that's the heat of this show. Like obviously mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna what, be Roman yeah. Reigns, but what, it's what should be for LA Knight, man. You you want him to go back and do the Maximil model stuff? Is that why you're mad at him? Because he's that's what I really No, for me, I'm I'm I didn't like the way that they were just like, hey, he's LA Knight. And I'm like, okay. So this is the company that's known for over explaining things to me. Who is LA Knight? Um, I know who LA Knight is, uh, but just barely. I didn't really watch that run of NXT. Um, I know who Eli Drake is, um, but I don't really know the character of LA Knight that well. Help me out here. And uh, why Why is He's suddenly- next up. That's all I know. Everybody keeps saying he's the one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like LA Knight. I, I like LA Knight, too. I think he does good work. Uh, I just feel like they didn't necessarily do the work to make that happen. And I just feel like they just were like, here he is. I know he was doing maximum male model stuff, but uh, with zero explanation other than he's just done with that, he's LA Knight again. I think they just assumed that most people watched NXT and most people wanted LA Knight back. I definitely was one of those people that I watched it up to the point where he left. So I was like, just bring LA Knight back. He's way better than Max Dupree. Just, mm-hmm. just bring LA Knight back. <laughs> and so I'm fine with it. I just, again, I just don't think it was a good idea to put him against Bray straight out the gate as his first feud. Um, Ryan Ben 666 says, sorry, Wyatt family versus uh, the new day for me um, after rap. What? I don't know. I'm confused. Um, let me think about that. Remind me, or I had been 666 of what you meant by that. Uh, and let's see. <laughs> More Bray stuff. Uh, Steve says, Bray fans are worse than Lost fans at this point. Stop waiting for his stuff to go somewhere. It's been a decade. The payoff never comes. <laughs> it's been a decade. <laughs> I don't know, man. He like, did debut in 2013, though. Like, on the main roster, his call-up was 2013. It actually has been a decade. Oh, my God. I don't know, that, man. That feud with Kane, SummerSlam 2013. Oh, God. Because the match with Cena was WrestleMania 2014. So, yeah, it's been 10 years of Bray Wyatt. 
Jake Salazar uh, says, somebody said, I hope this slow story has a great payoff. It's like the payoff is a half a star snooze fest <laughs> match that poor LA Knight doesn't deserve this. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I Look, uh, announcement. I will be hosting Fightful's SummerSlam post show. SummerSlam? Oh, so, SummerSlam, Wrestle, or Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble post show. <laughs> like, sorry, I had SummerSlam in my head. Out of here. Yeah, man. Sorry, I will be hosting. Sorry, alliterations. Royal mm-hmm. Rumble post show. Yes, I will one hundred percent eat crow. Okay, metaphorically, I am not actually going to eat a crow on the, uh, on air, but I will say, if that match delivers, I will be the first to admit that damn they had something here they did something creative and it paid off in a way that was worth having to wait for bray's first match i would be the first to admit it on this show no if it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not conan (laughs) if (laughs) if it doesn't deliver um, I am good. Like, like I said, it's it's one or the other. But I'm willing to give it a chance. There's no way I'm walking into this going, all right, this shit's going to suck. I am going to sit down and give it a chance. I am going to be like Reg with the jackass match where, like, <laughs> I don't know what we expected for that. But if I come mm-hmm. out of that, like, nah, this was cool. This was fun. They I will sing it's they, could, they wish they could be even in the same league as the jackass <laughs> death match. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Interesting question and timing. Johnny says, would y'all be interested in interviewing JDX? He's had killer matches in 2022 with the likes of Speedball, Takeshita, and Nick Wayne, just to name a few. I got a text message I got to read. Got a text message Uh, you got to read? Pizza, spaghetti. Let's move on, I think. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, you know. Be podcasting to professional guys, because you know, <laughs> it's uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. Look, man. I the funny thing about all of this is I just saw JDX like mm-hmm. a week ago. He was at the mm-hmm. Battle Slam show I was at. Um, which speaking of, uh, Battle Slam was great. Uh, Speedball was also there. Tore it down with Myron Reed. Um, definitely check that match out once that hits flight. Um, it was just a fun time. I saw a bunch of other people I know. Saw the big homie Kevin Knight days after days before he was on uh, Dynamite with Kushida. Um, yeah, um, I'd be interested in interviewing JDX. But I was going to say, at the, at the same time, it's just like, boy, he uh, block is hot for him right now, man. I know. I was going to say that maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with that, and I would say I'm not going to necessarily be the one to make you familiar with all of that. Uh, that. You might just want to go look at uh, Twitter activity from the last two days, but um, yeah, I would be interested in interviewing JDX. I mean, he definitely made the interview more interesting. Based yes, on, he did. Uh, current current uh, events. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, maybe we should because I think we need to get to the bottom of this. I don't think. I think there's a <laughs> lot the going. Bottom of this? <laughs> we got to get to the bottom of this. There's we a lot pod- going on. We got podcasting he's, business to, he's to a, discuss. Um, He's a he's a he's a top prospect. Like, you know, beyond all the bullshit that's happening, he's a really talented wrestler who's probably next up. And he's been getting canceled bookings. He's getting canceled, as they say, 
And I don't know if necessarily I haven't heard the podcast in full. So I don't I'm not, I don't stand on either side of it. So I don't really know what it is, but yeah. I don't I mean, know. it's crazy. Yeah. Talented wrestler. Um, I've only known the guy to be uh, anything but a nice and, and straight up guy. Um, but again, like I said, I didn't listen to the podcast, so I can't judge. But don't be sure. Don't have a podcast uh, where you get on talking about other people and what. Just don't. It's not. We don't need that. Write a book. I mean, so here's the thing. And we talked about this a little bit before we jumped on here. Um, I think one of the things about podcasting is that it's hard to make it feel like a natural conversation and actually have like a natural conversation that you would have with somebody in private. And sometimes, you know, the way we talk in private is not the way that you should talk on something that is recorded. Um, and it's just difficult. It's difficult to walk that line of, you know, trying to, you know, keep it real and have a natural conversation, but also understanding that, you know, some things you probably shouldn't say. <laughs> a lot and again, that's not to say that I am defending anything that he did because I haven't mm-hmm. listened to the podcast. I don't no, know. I, what I don't said, even so know what to defend. I, at this point. I don't know. But I but I do know that a lot of podcasts out here, um, that's kind of the selling point of it is that, you know, this is us having like actual conversation that you can hear, you know, when you're talking to your boys, when you're in a barbershop. Those conversations belong there. They don't belong in the I stopped going situation. to the barbershop because of those conversations. They're crazy. Yeah. And they don't need to be broadcasted to the world at all. Yeah. No, there's there's conversations that I've had with friends that we don't need to rehash anywhere else. But mm-hmm. it was funny at the time because there are jokes you can make with your friends that aren't going to go as well over with, with other people, man. Right. And so just got to be careful. I've heard the podcast and it's this is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I have questions, and so actually, if you were up for it, I would interview JDX. Okay. Um, Van Twinblade says for twenty twenty three, you guys need to get Tootie on here. We do need to interview Tootie sure. this year. Yes, there's a number of people that I, I would absolutely love to talk to. Um, let's see, Shy Town Spurs says Righteous Reg for Booker of the Year. I mean, I'm in the running. I think. <laughs> um by the way uh we did just have the first annual the inaugural fightful awards uh rigged 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 bigly (laughs) big rigged by the way i found that clip uh it came up in my timeline of things i've historically posted that clip of donald trump saying uh if I lose to Joe Biden, you'll never hear from me again. Uh, he said, I will leave. You'll never hear from me again. If I lose to him, never. What happened to that? I thought we were never going to hear from Donald Trump again. Why is he still I don't. I don't hear from him because I don't engage anything that he's doing anymore. He's not True. on Twitter anymore. He's not. I, if I see him on a TV, you know what I do? Turn the channel. Yeah. We have that power now because he's no longer in office. Now he is just some smuck that I can turn the channel on. You know, it's funny, though. Um, my daughter asked me yesterday on the, the school ride that she almost didn't get. But uh, <laughs> she... It, it's still pretty wild that you guilted her into let you take her to school. <laughs> like, I, I really want to get on this bus, and you're like, nah, give me this car. Nah, I don't know. Like, I, 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 would, I am going to miss these school rides, and... Uh, 
I know that one day she's absolutely not going to need them. But right <laughs> now, that child's turning 12 this year. She's still got a few more years of these. She's going to ride to school. I was with thinking that. about the uh, the story about Billy. Billy was supposed to walk home and you guys got your wires crossed. And he's like, where's dad? <laughs> yeah, I was literally taught. I was I was like, I'm so proud of my son. He's going to walk home. He apparently missed when I said. So I guess we, we, we went back over the conversation when he was like upset about the fact that he got he thought he got left at school. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, watch Day After Dynamite from last week for the yes. context of this one. Um, but he we went back over the conversation and I was like, son, what did you ask me? And he said, can I walk home from school? And I said, I was like, what did I say? And he was like, you said, are you sure? And I said, you said, um, you're like, dad, yeah, I think he was like, I know my way home. Um, and you know, I'll follow the crosswalk and I'll make it. And then I said, and what happened after that? And he was like, I don't remember. And I said, I said, okay. And he's like, I don't remember. Okay. And I said, but I did. Uh, and he was like, and when I don't hear a yes, I default to no. And I'm like, that's the way you're supposed to operate. But uh, I guess he didn't remember a confirmation on that story, so he was like, "Well, I guess I'm you not need walking." Confirm yes or no, not these okay. <laughs> His brain doesn't register that okay. Like, nah, say yes, Dad. And so when Veda got home and Veda was in the car when we had that conversation, I was like, "Veda, do you remember how that went?" And she was like, "Yeah, you said okay, he could walk home." And he's like, "Oh man, I really don't remember that." The <laughs> nah, so wires see. crossed. Long story short, Billy thought that I left him at school, and because mm. I gave him permission to walk home. And he was really, really upset. Damn. Uh, and nothing like thinking you got left at school <laughs> yeah, and everybody forgot about you. That that does yeah. feel like because damn, I gave him permission man. to walk up. And then mm-hmm. the the dumbest thing too is that the weather's been bad since then. So that was like the one opportunity to walk home, and he has <sighs> not been able to walk home since. <laughs> and Come so on, like man. every day since, he's been like, "I wish I had walked home that day." Because damn it, <laughs> <laughs> I. That hasn't been capable of doing so, and Shout I told big, him, "I'm like, big Bill. yeah, he's he's a good kid, though." But yeah, I was talking <laughs> to Veda yesterday, um, back on the 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 Trump topic, where she asked me about my first election, because um, I guess they're, um, I guess in their civics unit in social studies, they're talking about the voting process, and she straight up asked me, she was like, "What was your first election?" And I went. Well, I turned 18 in 2005, mm-hmm. which meant that my first election wasn't until 2008. Mm-hmm. And I said, it was Obama. Obama was the first time I, I voted. Mm-hmm. And uh, So you didn't vote for John Kerry, Shane. Yeah, that was me. That was my <laughs> first one. Yeah, I, I was 17 that year. Uh, and so... I like, remember no, I went wait. to go see The Roots on election night of 2004. And he lost, and we were like, at least it was we. Were, I was at a root show, so. <laughs> I, I well, so the th- interesting thing about that Obama election was that um, Veda and I ended up having this cool conversation. And again, it was the thing that she almost missed out on. But we ended up having a cool conversation because she was asking all these questions about. Uh, we were, we had to talk about what that meant to a young black twenty one year old, because. Uh, like at the end of the day, however you felt about his presidency, you have to recognize that in 2008, that was a transformative figure for a lot of people our age to the point of where 
first time I saw him speak, I kid you not, I got up. I didn't have a car at the time. Took the bus. I took the bus to a um, Obama campaign office, and I said, how do I sign up? And they were like, um, okay, here you go. Here's a, a, a shirt, a badge, all of this stuff. And I went door to door like a Jehovah's Witness saying, uh, have you heard? Uh, I was like, have you heard the word of Senator Obama? <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> have you heard like, the word? <laughs> they were like, I'm a Republican and pull out their gun and like get off my yeah. doorstep. But um the... I need you to not do that again. <laughs> the... Be careful out here, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I was. I went door to door. Now I actually had an address list. Um, that and I lived in a, a fairly black neighborhood, so I knew where I was going. But I was basically just talking up. There were a lot of people who were like, "No, no, no!" Like I'm, I'm all in on Hillary. But I'm like, "Nah, have you heard about Barack Obama? He's, he's the next big thing." And uh, I was like, "Here's the, here's this ten point plan." I had everything. I had the shirts. I was. I was there. That man came. He made a campaign stop on my birthday that year in Denver. And that was my 21st birthday. And everybody's like, oh, you're going out? You're going to turn up on your 21st birthday? I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to see Senator Obama speak. <laughs> and, um, and you know what the funny thing is? You know what the response for, to that was? Oh, shit, that sounds lit. Let's go. Like, that was... <laughs> That's how much of a figure like people like the Obama shirt was stylish at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Mm -hmm. That was 2008 was a very, very different time mm -hmm. and uh, a real inspiring time for a young black 21 year old. Like I like I said, I got up and hearing him talk, I was like, I need to go make sure that this man gets elected and mm -hmm. I am going to, I sat in a phone center making phone calls to people. I was making cold calls to people. You know, when you get those election calls asking oh, about you, your vote. Yeah, you would have you got hung up on it. You was one of them. I, <laughs> I, was, I was on the end of those in 2008 asking people, are you registered to vote? Uh, well, make sure that you, yeah, have you heard about Barack Obama? Uh, Barry O got to come on Grafsity since you single-handed. <laughs> Barry you got, got him, you got him elected. Like, he got to come. <laughs> uh, the whole Look, time I wanted Barry... that, man. I, 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 true story. I knew it was a long shot. I wrote to that man to see if he would perform my wedding. <laughs> Didn't get a response, but I was like, long shot. But if there was anybody I ever wanted to see do it. That's the only person. It was like him or The yeah. Rock. Um, he, he, gave you the, he gave you the Rock, the rock response. He's not in shape to do these kind of things. Yeah, he's like, no, I can't. I need a little bit more notice on doing my yeah. speeches. Man, the, the entire time you've been sitting here talking, I've been thinking of the episode of uh, Boondocks and how the the Thugnificent the video, especially when you're talking about the slogan, I just immediately thought, <laughs> Obama walked up and said, yes, we can. <laughs> said, I want to ride your nuts because I think you're the man. <laughs> um, hilarious episode. But no, Obama's, man, Obama was absolutely like a transformative figure, especially in the city of Chicago where he was a yeah, senator. Um, right. My mom had his, uh, had his uh, poster in her window before he ran for president. That's mm -hmm. how I knew about him. I knew about him way before that. And so totally different thing. And by the time that he ran and, and 
one, of course, my mom was no longer here. Mm. And so it was a different thing for me. And just my my grandmother's from the South and mm -hmm. her for her, it was a different experience as well, because if you would have told her that a black man would ever be president, she would have never yeah. believed it. Right. Uh, I mean, that entire day she was answering her phone saying, yes, we can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, Seriously. Man. That's amazing. That's, that is yeah. like I my said, mom it, is like you would have thought Barack Obama was like Jesus the second. Still, she's still like you go to her house now. She has Barack <laughs> Obama stickers <laughs> on her refrigerator. She got t-shirts, magazines, and shit. Like when Obama was lit, it was lit. I I like I didn't even know he was the running for president. I was just like, who's this handsome man that my mom's obsessing over all the time? And no, he's running for president. <laughs> he just thought he was Kevin Samuels or something. Yeah, no, I just thought he was handsome that my mom is obsessed with. And no, that's the new president. So yeah, no, that was a that was a crazy time. I mean, we lived through times where like. I mean, we grew up in the 90s and shit, but there was a time where it's like, there's never going to be a black president, dude. That's silly. Like, so I could imagine like how your grandma was. And like, although it seems heaven sent, we ain't ready to see yeah, a black president. We ain't never going to see that. But like, we fucking ain't no fun. secret. Don't conceal I, voted, fact, I voted for him. I went to the booth and fucking put my little circle in for Barry O. So, yeah. yeah. Brent Lockman says, uh, well, I guess we need the ROH Righteous Invitational. Uh, then if the show is Reg's idea, make it happen, TK. Give it up, my brother. <laughs> Phil Corpsing is why I come back every week. <laughs> I do appreciate it. Uh, is everything okay? <laughs> yes. I'm, hold on. I need to... Sorry, I'm catching up on the chat, so I'm seeing a thing that uh, is happening in said chat. And I need to grab a screenshot of this before I delete it. Uh, so give me just a second. Thank you. Screenshot it. All right. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the uh, Kai says, I appreciate y'all's existence, man. Stay around. Thank you so much. I always appreciate that. Derek Gordon <laughs> says, uh, which side does Rosa fall? Because if Ooh. we remember, the whole outsider narrative Ooh. started Ooh. with the Brit Rosa feud, which led to the Lights Out match. Rosa. That is. And she's supposedly going to be back soon. So oh, yeah, she oh, said she's she's said herself that she's coming back on the road um, very soon. She said mm -hmm. not to wrestle yet. But she's going to be back on the road with AEW very soon. So that's cool. Um, Which side does she land on? She has to land on the original side, right? Would they accept her? Would she be accepted on the left on on that side with Brit, who is built right, one really biggest rival in the company? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, that is a that is an interesting question. But she seems uh, weird on the other side. Like she doesn't really like she wasn't in WWE. She doesn't fit that. No, they they want her to be a ref. Which is and crazy. I guess like Britt Brit wants her to be an outsider. So I don't know. That's very interesting. Uh, I very I, interesting. I think that does add a very interesting wrinkle into the storyline. Mm -hmm. um, I'm now interested to see her come back now. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. interested before, but this makes it even more interesting. I think that's the most interesting thing she could have going on. There's a lot you could tell with that story. Uh, yeah. Leonard Aarons III says, if, uh, I think if Cody wins the Rumble and goes on to beat Roman, I give it maybe a year less, presuming Vince books it, before fans turn on Cody. He's a better heel than face to me, and WWE, historically speaking, is bad with main event faces. 
Um, well, they're going to turn on him the night after when he does that crying tears promo with the belt. They're out. They're out <laughs> immediately. I mean, I'll say this. WWE fans, through their recent silence, um, through their, uh, you know, I've been harping on the crowds as of late. But there's been this very lack of rebelliousness from WWE fans as of late, uh, where it's either they're just kind of silent or they they go with the flow. And I noticed that, like, I was watching Battleground 2016 recently, and because uh, that had that really, really dope Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn match at the mm-hmm. time. And I went back and rewatched that. And the crowd at that show sounded a lot like AEW crowd sound today. Uh, and I was like, this does not sound like a WWE show to me. The way this crowd is reacting, they're chanting, they chanted fight forever for at mm-hmm. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. It's a regular chant you hear at AEW shows. Um, and that is not a chant you would really hear today in, um, in WWE. Mm-hmm. And so more like take it home. You'd probably hear in a WWE match. Yo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, but either way, I felt like... See, see Rich, this is why people be asking Cam <laughs> questions, man, because you... <laughs> I can't help it, but I'm sorry. Uh, so the... <sighs> Take um... it home. Take it home. <laughs> but either way, my point, though, is that that was a very... Pitch black rebe- match. Uh, LA Knight, Bray Wyatt, <laughs> Royal Rumble 2023. That was a very, I mean, that had that that crowd that is very opinionated, right? Like Roman Reigns getting booed. Uh, they're chanting same old shit at him with every move he does. And uh, again, it sounded a lot like the AEW crowds do. It was almost like, uh, I, I think that show was in Washington, D.C., mm. um, the same arena that the first episode of Dynamite was at. And I thought, this is a lot of those same fans. But I feel like you don't hear that sound anymore at a- WWE shows. It sounds very just... You know, it, it, it's it's either they're very subdued during matches or they're very hot for, like, the main event acts. But as far as the um, opinions from the crowd, the, the, the voice of the crowd, you don't really hear that much anymore. And so I think Cody might benefit from that. I think Cody could come out and he probably could honestly cut that promo he cut on Anthony Agogo in front of this crowd and get away with it. Uh, i don't know about all that um i don't know about all that um i i do think there's something to because everybody is into the chase we've seen this several times with somebody being a new challenger and they're fresh and new and then second you put that title on them fans are ready to take it off of them Mm -hmm. and we've seen that happen so many times that's why i was surprised when it happened to mjf because it happens to everybody i mean Mm -hmm. mjf even predicted it because it's just like that's kind of the fan wave now it's like we're with you for the journey but once you get to the top top of the mountain all right who's next for the journey like i'm I'm in for their journey and so i do think that may happen to cody but it all depends on how they book him as champion um well so it, it you know it's obviously um Working heel and working face are two very different things. Um, and, you know, I talked about how I thought Roman Reigns, awful as far as the babyface is concerned. I think that uh, there's a lot of revisionist history around him, but I think that uh, his babyface promos are like all time bad stuff. And, but I think if you ask me top might workers today, I'd put Roman on that list. I think mm-hmm. Roman's that good. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a difference in working heel and face, especially in WWE, because one of the things that a heel gets to do, like Roman, right now, is he gets to keep it short and sweet. 
he gets yep. to say what he needs to say and move on. Babyfaces, on the other hand, they got to get the name of the pay per view right. They got to get the name of the match right. They have to get all of the like the <laughs> WWE nomenclature out there. They got to say that exact thing, and you got to kind of have that kind of robotic corporate. When I speech. see you Sunday, December the third at WWE Payback, they got to get like all the shit, and it's very yeah. different. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, but but Cody's good at that stuff. But Cody, but yeah, so Cody, Cody can do that stuff well. Yeah, I I think mm-hmm. Cody can do that. Like Roman couldn't do that, but now he doesn't have to. I, mm-hmm. When's the last time Roman has actually had to like be in that promotional mode of being like this Sunday you're gonna see me <laughs> at in this city at this place mm-hmm. in front of you the WWE universe like he hasn't had to do any of that no, lately. I don't care about none of that. Mm-hmm. No, Roman literally just gets to be like acknowledge me, and the fans That's are like it. fuck yeah. yeah, you know he gets to be like Sammy get out. Which was mm-hmm. dope, right? And that's you know he yeah. gets to keep it short and sweet. He gets to keep it personal. That's a thing a heel gets to do. He doesn't have to do any of that. Cody is good at that. Yes, but the thing is, people tire of that very quickly. Mm-hmm. People very much tire of the guy who has to be in constant promo and sell mode. And uh, yeah. I think John Cena kind that of that is Cody's people. shtick, though. Like even in AEW, <laughs> that's all he ever does. He like all he ever does is yeah. shtick. Is just like that's his shit. That's why I'm like, I think Cody will be fine. Cody will be good at it. Now, do I think that he's a better heel than a, a baby face? I don't know if I agree because mm-hmm. I do think stuff like his time as ROH champion and some of the stuff he did with Bullet Club was great stuff. But again, if you if you if I think of like the last five years of Cody, like my most memorable moments from him are like him winning the NWA title and like that match where he hopped off the top of that that cage, he was a babyface. Babyface all moments. Stuff. Yeah, although, mm-hmm. and and this is why I hate that he never got a real chance in AEW as a heel. Um, he did start in AEW as a heel. A lot of people forget he came out of the heel tunnel at Double or Nothing mm-hmm. um, when he smashed that throne. That whole buildup um, with all those Road Two videos were him talking about killing the Attitude Era and Love him. Right. But that was that was heel stuff. He's talking about I'm going to put the Attitude Era out of its misery um, because that's all you fans ever talk about is bring back the Attitude Era. And I'm here to prove that we were better than the Attitude Era. Um, And that's that's heel stuff. It is. Yeah. And the bill for that match was so good. The story of that match was good. Everything about it was that that's one of the best things Cody has ever done. Yeah. I keep forgetting that I was at that double or nothing match with Dustin all the time mm-hmm. like i was at that show that was really cool yeah. that was a great match and that's such an interesting thing though is that immediately as soon as that match is over he does the i need a brother and mm-hmm. like he's a baby face immediately mm-hmm. and uh i thought that was a good touching moment i actually really liked that moment but we never got to see much else after that we didn't right. get to see him really expand on that character who like are you kidding me cody the attitude era destroyer there's actually more he could have done with that um and how like they had even started a little thing with him and sting and i thought that's actually a good place to revisit that if cody were ever on the opposing side of sting of how no i think my generation is better than your generation and that your generation just gets all the name recognition but my generation did the work that's what he was saying that whole time he's mr do the work and um, um yeah the way there's so many interesting things about that and, and sometimes i think he he eventually has to go back to AEW. I don't I don't know <laughs> if it'll ever happen, but there's so much unfinished stuff there. Like the last promo, if you really pick it, a lot of stuff he said in that last promo, 
there's a lot of interesting things there. Um, there are a lot of jabs in there. If you really pay attention I mean, to what he he's said, saying. He, he called when it talked about the, the Undisputed Era now being in AEW and said, uh, congratulations, you guys graduated from hip, top, hip toss class. Like the guy hates the <laughs> Performance Center. He talks so much shit about the Performance Center. And, uh, and he still says, I'm never stepping foot in there. You know, all my training's at the Nightmare Factory. It's all so interesting that like, yeah, he really did take a lot of jabs, a lot of shots, yeah. and then left. Mm-hmm. But I, I, there's a there's a lot of interesting things in there to revisit now. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't I, the I contract did... I wanted? Yeah, like I... that, line to, <laughs> that is a wild line to say. Mm-hmm. Having now been now having jumped ship. Right. Yeah. I, I think that there's some revisionist history when it comes to Cody as well. Like I just saw that, that comment in the chat. AEW fans did not treat him horribly towards and AEW fans embraced him heavily towards mm-hmm. the beginning of of that company. Um no, I and I and I like I said, when you say that he's a better heel than he is a baby face, people were into him as a face mm-hmm. for that entire first year of the company. Again, the TNT title was built off of him as a baby face. So I mean look, it was the go go promo. Everything yeah, that's after it. that. He became I mean, a meme after that. I don't think it, it was, was go like, away heat for Cody. It was just like people wanted him to be heel at that point, but nobody was like, We hate this guy. You know? There yeah, there were other things he did that rubbed people the wrong way. But mm-hmm. when you think about like him doing that uh that promo in the empty arena empty in arena in jacksonville and just how great that was no right he was the biggest face in that company for uh, almost two years mm-hmm. yeah but they straight up turned on that man <laughs> after i mean like i said i think that a go-go pro i mean not just the promo the feud in general i think was such a dud i think the that, tv show um, didn't work they didn't help i, I don't know why i, that, that I actually disagree turned. and i i i can pinpoint the exact moment where i felt like people started turning on him and it was in that revolution match in the ladder match when he was hamming it up in the tunnel and you could still see him in the tunnel in the background while the match was going on and he kept coming back out and it kept looking like is he going to wrestle he's going to wrestle and you can hear people booing him when he came back out because People were so sick of how much he played up to it. I don't know if you guys remember this match I'm talking about. This is yeah, the, I do. Yeah, the Scorpio Sky. Yeah, yeah, and that's when Scorpio won. And I and and that's what I'm saying. By the time he got to the top of that that ladder with Scorpio, people were booing him. Um, yeah. And so I think that was the moment where people were like, "No, nah, I'm sick of this. He's <laughs> he's doing too much." Yeah, I. <laughs> It, it, as soon as they went back on the road, too, it was like uh, Malachi really didn't help because I was mm-hmm. at that first show back on the road and he faced QT Marshall and like fans were cheering him, right? He got cheered and that was the show where Malachi showed up and people. I forgot d- about that feud. With, I, I think in general, I think I think really what people turned on was the Cody verse as yes. as a whole. I think right. that when Cody yeah. felt so disconnected from everything else in AEW where it's like nobody else is feuding with QT Marshall. Nobody else is feuding over um just everything that Cody was doing didn't feel like it was a part of everything else in AEW. It felt like he was in a completely different mm-hmm. universe and <laughs> Cody really pulled up in his own bus and stood up on top of it with that, um, <laughs> with that American flag outfit on. Cody's a wild dude, man. He's a wild boy. I mean, when you're I saying that, about I that. Just, 
Phil, you recognize as you're saying these things out loud, I'm like, yeah, the fans should have turned on. Not for real. I completely <laughs> forgot about that, man. My man Cody came out with the Super Dave outfit on on top of the bus, man. <laughs> like, yo. What'd you expect, man? Shout out to Cody, man. But that, that was a wild flags, time. I can't, I can't get with all these American flags, Cody. I'm sorry, bro. I'm like, excited, though. I'm like, out. I'm looking forward to his Rumble return. I think, yeah. like, he was on pace for a Wrestler of the Year run last he year. He had the good element to WWE, for sure. Like, he's mm-hmm. a, a needed character to to progress everything that's going on there. Co- so. I, I said it before. Cody Rhodes saved WrestleMania 38. Mm-hmm. He did. I mean, honestly, he is the... Again, he was on pace for such a good run last year, mm-hmm. and it's a shame that it got cut short halfway through the year. That's why I but, also think that it might take a little bit longer for people to turn on him because he was out for so long. Like he's gonna he's gonna be able to ride this like being out the hero return thing for a little bit yeah. a little bit longer than I would expect. Yeah, I, I think I, mean, he, I, do, I, I do have an example though of that not happening, Reg, and that was Hunter returned in yeah. January of 2002. Mm-hmm. Triumphant return. He was gone for nine months. Everybody missed him. He got one of the biggest pops in mm-hmm. Raw history, returning in Madison Square Garden. By WrestleMania, internet fans were done yeah. with him. They were yeah, like, this man. guy sucks. Uh, mm-hmm. And they were yeah. like, Triple H is the worst. And him and having then, the, them having the match after Rock and Hogan like didn't help at all. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I was just about to say, Reg, what are you talking about? You know how, how wrestling fans are and it's whatever you've done yeah. for me lately. We yeah, just true. sat on this podcast and talked about all of the goodwill Bray came back with and look <laughs> at where some God. people are with right now. Yeah, so, right. It can happen. <laughs> it but, can happen. But I, the reason right. I was using Hunter as an example is because he's kind of he had the same kind of story as mm-hmm. Cody of being out for a time coming back for the Rumble. Hunter won the yeah. Rumble. He was there. People were excited for him going into WrestleMania. And but then fans started. Two months, it was over. Yeah, yeah, internet started turning on him, and then uh, and then it was you started to hear in arenas the fans giving apathy toward him, mm-hmm. and finally they just said, "Fuck it, he's a heel again." And they're like, this is, we're turning Hunter back into the thing that he that brought him to the dance. And mm-hmm. he came back a baby face in January and he was a heel by July. And yeah. so uh, that was that was Boy. it. If, if I'm sitting here and really thinking about it, I can't think of any of my time as a wrestling fan that I ever cheered Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I have never been. I've he's always been a bad guy to me. He just yeah. always has. Like I, I can't think of any time as a fan where I've been like, yeah, I'm a Triple H fan. Like I can't wait to see this Triple H match. Like nah, has <laughs> never been a thing for me. I, I was a fan of the game. I, In 2000, I loved him. 2000, it, like, I thought, it took yeah. a, a nosedive for sure. Like every year I after th- that. 2000, 2001, and like, I mean, there's stats to back that up, right? That like, two, 2001, Hunter was the biggest draw in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in a company that had Austin and Rock. Right. Um, but uh, Hunter was drawing as a heel. And I, I was very much into that guy. But yeah, I turned on him. I remember in 2002, I'm like, this guy stinks. Like, stinks. What, what did we see? I was like, what did we see in him uh, last year? Because <laughs> this... The, and it was really just because the babyface run wasn't clicking. I remember he cut a promo the night after WrestleMania, or the night after he won the Royal Rumble, and that was the first time I started to think, "Is Hunter not even like a good mic guy?" But he <laughs> was uh, <laughs> he was on. Uh, so Chris Jericho had come out celebrating his win over The Rock the night before at Royal Rumble, and Hunter grabs the mic and 
gets in Chris Jericho's face. And that was the first time I remember I was like, what, 14 years old at the time. And I remember thinking, Chris Jericho is way better at this. Yeah, Chris like, Jericho's Hunter, cooking this thing. Yeah, Chris Jericho cooked Hunter on the mic in every single way. And uh, that was the moment that I started to think, is he not as good as I thought he was? And then th- I think he did kind of bring it back around as a as a heel when he turned. Uh, but then, like, he had that run of matches against Scott Steiner. <laughs> and uh, he had that just awful rate of terror after that. 2003 did not. Oh, man. No. Yeah. Like, like awful babyface run in 02. Yeah. They turn him heel to salvage it. He goes on a kind of an awful heel run in 03. Mm. And it really wasn't until 04 that he was able to kind of get in people's good graces again with the Benoit matches because the people were like, oh, okay, at least he can go in the ring. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying any of this to think, say that I ever thought that he's a bad wrestler, he's bad at what he does. I just have always been on the anti side of, of, of Triple H. Like right. when he was when he was at his hottest with the DX thing, I was a rock fan. Um when he was doing the corporate and, and all that stuff, I was still a rock fan or an Austin guy. I wasn't rooting for Triple H. Um and by the end of it, y'all know I'm a punk guy. I wasn't rooting for him. He's the bad <laughs> guy. He's the authority. He's the man. Why are we rooting for right. him? Mm-hmm. So yeah. every man, every time I see people put those promos up with Triple H is right. Like, what are you guys saying? Like, this guy was never right. What do you mean? <laughs> he wasn't right. No. Uh, Hala says, uh, I love that the AEW story that's getting the most attention slash speculation is a women's story. Might also be one of AEW's most complex detailed stories. And the details are all being made up by us fans. Um, that at the moment... There's um, there, because there's just so many questions because like Derek Gordon says, uh, it seems like Nyla will be involved in this angle, which she should be. And mm-hmm. with what's been going on with her and Marina, there's, again, a lot you can tell here. Uh, and did they kind of make us forget about Mercedes a little bit? Kind of. Uh, King Sorry of Games that. 405 says, <laughs> after seeing reports this week regarding Punk, do you think Tony will wait until he is healed from injury to decide if he wants to release him? I think that's been the wait the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think that Tony has kind of seen it as a, I don't have to make a decision right now um, because there's no decision to make. Punk's injured. Punk and Danhausen uh, so, are kicking it. They are homies so right now, man. Like, so uh, it, for, it's it, looking it, like it, Punk trying to get back up in there to me. I, and yeah. the thing is, I think that the the beauty of Punk having been injured when this all happened was that, yeah, there wasn't really a decision to make with him that we're still a ways off from having to make one. And when it comes time, you know, maybe cooler heads will prevail. Time. I still ultimately think and i said this back in october and now i still truly feel this way that cooler heads are ultimately going to prevail in this do i think we're ever going to see the the punk versus kenny feud that people think they're going to get no um that part i think that um you know we just talked about the cody verse and how they were able to keep (laughs) guys separate (laughs) (laughs) that there'll be guys that can cross over into both but i think ultimately punk will probably just exist on an island Right. Um, in AEW when he comes and that, back. I don't, I, I, coming out of the whole thing, I, I, it's not like I want to see Kenny Omega and CM Punk wrestle now, like out of that whole thing. I just want to see CM Punk uh, back in the company. Like, I, I don't even think, do. like, I think he could come back and not interact with them and it's still going to be great shit. I mean, well, the, the interesting thing to me is that I think that uh, the most compelling feud still 
for Punk to return to isn't Kenny. It's still it's MJF. MJF, yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, but at the same time, nah. After after that match in Chicago, are you kidding me? There are definitely people that want to see Punk versus Omega. Yes. Well, they, yeah. They still, yeah, yeah. They, they still want to see it. But I think that there's still a story to tell with Punk versus uh, Punk versus yeah. MJF. As a mm-hmm. matter of fact, I still, again, my fantasy book story is that MJF barely, barely, barely survives the Iron Man match with Brian mm-hmm. Danielson. He's celebrating at the end of the pay-per-view, and then all of a sudden, screen goes black, and lights come back on, and then we get a voicemail played from Tony Khan that's <laughs> like, Punk, we need you to come back. We need you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, we need you to come back. You know, you, uh, I would in a very though. similar fashion, and then all of a sudden, as MJF is just standing there wondering what's going on, then Punk... We see his shoulders, just the back of his shoulders, and then he makes his way out to the ring. Cult of Personality plays. Arena's going nuts. Everybody's crying. And MJF (laughs) is standing in the ring with uh, holding the title while fans are chanting CM Punk at him. And we get the complete reverse of the all-out ending. And this time, no shenanigans to ruin Mm -hmm. it. I, I wouldn't do it that soon. And the reason why I wouldn't do it that soon is because I I think in order for you to have the sense of urgency that Tony would call him, it, Max needs to get that bad. And that, gotcha. that and people need to turn enough on Max to want him to go away for that to work. And mm-hmm. I don't I think revolution is too soon for that to work. And so but I feel like by all out or double or nothing, maybe. Uh, but again, that visual of you, even if you do it the same way, do the voicemail, have his back to the to the to the crowd. And the only reason, you know, it's him is because he turns around. He has like the, the stars and from the <laughs> yes. flag on his back. And then he turns around. And like I said, when the first time he takes the big Mindy's bakery bite and goes, and I am the devil. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the no, one that honestly, taught you MJF. Yeah, it's booked. It's there. I love it. Yeah, there, there's a way to do it, but I think MJF and Punk is the is the move. I think mm-hmm. that um, if Punk's going to make a comeback, and I'm feeling just more and more confident that it's going to happen um, mm-hmm. uh, as time goes on, and as like I know there's the Chris Jericho's of the world who are like it's never going to happen, but also like it, it the, at the end of the day, it's Tony's call. Yeah. When you hear Tony talk about it, he literally just did an interview last week and. This time he was like straight up like nah punk one of the greatest AEW wrestlers we ever had mm-hmm. um, and went on one of the best runs like and we don't is... want to see punk and Chris Jericho so it's fine they don't have to interact ever again again yeah that's the other thing too we don't have to see that y'all mm-hmm. y'all can exist on these different planes I mean yep. I mean we already won another Bucks FTR match and yes. if you're gonna if you're gonna the trios match gonna, will definitely be. If super you're going to tease me with a trios yeah. match, yeah, yeah, between those those two teams, I do want to see it. Yes, I think eventually it's going to be hard to avoid, but you don't have to start there at all. No. Um, and what's up so, with the FTR now? They, you guys think they're not going back over? Because it was looking for a minute that they were going to hop over back to the Fed, but like Vince don't like them boys. So what's up? I want so so. 
I guess it seems like they're going on a break now. Is that official? Yeah, so they are officially on a break. They asked Tony to take some time off to okay. basically heal up from this run they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tony granted them the time off. But their contracts are up in April. Um, so mm. how much time off are they going to get? And huh. w- when they return, what are they going to do with that little is short that, amount of time? Is that confirmed that their contract is up in April? I mean, mm. so pretty much the, they say it's up in April. They've been saying it's up in April for a while. And the general idea is that, you know, it's usually a three-year contract. They right. did debut right after Double or Nothing in 2020. 2020. So that would probably be about April is probably when they signed. And uh, huh. that's so yeah, I, three years I, since then. I don't think they're going back. And they're not just because they seem like they're trying to proposition to work with punk again and i don't think they would try a proposition to work with punk again if they planned on leaving yeah um but it's other things that make me think they're not leaving um if i had to guess i don't think they're leaving i could see them coming back and doing like a short indie run and coming back and doing AEW stuff again Mm -hmm. uh i i don't know what i don't know i don't know um i know that i know they like money dax said on his podcast recently that that vince being back in the fold definitely gives them less of a reason to want to be uh, over there. So, because again, yeah. look, obviously Vince is not <laughs> in charge yet, but I do feel like yet. The the reason I'm saying yet is because I don't think he's gonna let WrestleMania go by without him. I just that's I not what Nick Khan said. Nick Khan said that he's not. Doing it. <laughs> Didn't you listen to that interview? Nick Khan said did. Well, but also, what did Nick Khan say at this time? Yeah. He specifically said, he said um, that that that's not change what, on Monday. Yeah, he Yo. said that's not what Vince is for, here for at this time. Yo, the, the other thing that I realized listening to that interview with Bill Simmons is that um, Nick Khan and Rock definitely do the same media training. Yes, I thought that I say the way they answer rock. questions, the way that they pivot, it's all the same. It's exactly mm-hmm. the same. And so I was sitting listening to him pivot out of some of those questions. And boy, did he dance, boy. He mm-hmm. danced on some of them questions. I said, and it was very funny. Certain parts where Will, where Bill had to come back and go, well, you didn't answer that question and try to get him <laughs> back into focus. Um, and I thought I thought Bill did a good job. Um, I think he asked the right questions. I thought mm-hmm. he stayed on him. Um, at times when he didn't answer the question, but the thing as an interviewer, you got to understand, cause I've seen people say that they didn't, he didn't press him on certain things. Well, the thing is, if you ask the question and you get an answer, what can you do? It doesn't right. matter if it's a, he's qu- not going to change an, that answer. He's not going to change the answer. That, it doesn't matter if you don't agree with the answer or you don't think that he answered the question satisfactory. He gave you an answer. Exactly. Um, and, and so there were several times he did answer Bill's question and I was just like, nah. Um, uh, and I would have had follow-ups to other questions, maybe, right. but at the same time, Bill uh, it, you see how he's too. dancing, you know, like where it's yeah. going to lead to. At that yeah. Point. So well, the thing I liked that I said on Ask Rhapsody, my favorite thing he uh, that Nick Khan does is when he doesn't want to say it, he'll ask Bill Simmons back, "Well, what did you think?" 
<laughs> yeah, it, the the funniest the funniest time he did that, of course, was when he was like, "Hey, you guys got Cody Rhodes." He's like, "Hey, what did you think of that?" I was like, <laughs> "You like that?" <laughs> I'm like, "All right, Nick." Uh, but he said it, some it, things it, that I was just like, "Woof!" I would not. Yeah, have, some uh, of those things were egregious. I would not for have sure. ventured into that. I mean, saying stuff like. Uh, yeah, you know, I applaud Vince for taking the the break when he did, and I thought yeah. it was a smart move to come back wow. this way. And I was like, yeah. days days after that uh, settlement came back, I don't yeah, know. not a good look, bro. Not at that all. was a that was not a great answer. But again, like yeah, I he was trying to make like spin it like Vince was just like taking a nice little break for no reason at all, yeah. just because for pressure. It's yeah, like, no, he, was... I mean, but also I understand that he has a relationship with the guy; he's right. friends with him. And so he's not going to answer in a certain way. He's not going to hold him accountable in the same way. And then at the same time, he works for the guy as well. Yeah. So, and I don't but know. But wasn't he all... like on the task force to get Vince out of there too? Like, I'm kind of confused about this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Some very interesting going on up there. I mean, look, right? man's a corporate chameleon. <laughs> and that, like, he is right. the type that he will blend into <laughs> the environment. Corporate... Come in, you hit him with the culture club. Like, and and that's that's not a bad quality to have, right? That's a nah, he's in the position a, he is because of that, you know. Yeah, he has the ability to basically. All right, I'm blending into my environment, and I'm mm-hmm. going to play this environment the way I'm supposed to play it. That's a skill. That's a quality. That is something that for a, a lot of companies in general you want to have that person on so i'm not saying that as an insult that is something he does well but um, yeah also he's not going to give the answers that people want him to give right and i think that's right. the important thing to recognize here because again as i noted earlier there are no real morals in corporate there's no. there is money to be made here and yeah. with the way they're looking the way he's looking at it it's like no this is his company he was always going to come back mm-hmm. um and, and so, he's under the impression that they're selling this company. So he's like, no, Vince is coming yeah. back to sell this thing. And he has yeah. to be a part of it for it to sell. Yeah. Now, do I think he said some things that may or may not have been dishonest? Maybe. But at mm. the same time, like he he has to go and he has to protect his best interests as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like he so, is the, also the CEO of this company. So he wants exactly. the, the best he's light not, to be he, shined he, on it he can. Yeah, exactly. He's not speaking as an outsider. He's not going to come on and, you know, bash Vince and say, you know, what he's doing is nasty or he shouldn't be doing this because, again, he worked for him. And then at the same time, you know, he's the CEO of this company. So Mm -hmm. he's got a company to run. It's, uh, boy, it's a very crazy situation over there. (laughs) It's Like, this is wild. Like, they still possibly might sell this company. Vince is definitely going to come back to book wrestlemania like that's like i'm 100 on that as we talk percentages because like there's no way wrestlemania in hollywood rocks uh, yeah. stone cold john cena like no way he's just gonna be like go ahead have fun with it zero percent yeah uh let's see Mike says, Reg, I'm a big fan of Lashley. You as well. Bobby Lashley? Hell yeah. I love Lashley. He's the man. Hey, He's the best. One of my favorite interviews. You know, I I was... I've been like hit or miss on Bobby. I was not a fan of Bobby in the initial run in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked uh, Bobby. That stuff in, was trash. 
I like Bobby and TNA uh, and the original pairing with MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did not like Bobby in the first return to WWE, the the feud with Elias, the mm-hmm. stuff with Sami Zayn. I, like, I hated all of that, <laughs> oh right? Oh, my God, the feud with Sami. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, was that bad. Um, he, did, he didn't really get good that time around until they paired him with Leo. I was going to say, I like Leo. Uh, that, yeah. That's when he really Pairing with Leo was the first time that it started to feel like, okay, they've got something here. And then pairing him with MVP was, was like, it? he's off to the races now. Mm-hmm. This is it. And yeah. uh, I think they have figured out how to keep it short and sweet with him when it comes to him talking. Um, he's not good at the corporate jargon. Mm-mm. So don't try to make him even babyface or heel. Don't try to make him do it. Nope. He, they tried to do that in 2005 through his 2007 run, and that was just not for him. He's not that guy. And the first time I felt like he was starting to click in 07 was when he addressed exactly that. Do you remember they did that? Uh, he had a debate with John Cena, and they both had a podium. And uh, John Cena. So they ask um, Lashley one of the first questions, and Lashley throws the podium and he says, I'm not here to talk. You want the hype man? Go to the hype man. I'm mm-hmm. here to fight. And I was like, that's Bobby. Yeah. That's what I need to see. Because him trying to do the Cena thing wasn't clicking. But if you have him say straight up, I'm not John Cena. You want John Cena? Go ask John Cena. Mm-hmm. But when you're ready to fight, I'll be right here. I thought that was the best thing he did in that run. And then go figure he was gone two weeks later. Right. And so wow. I was like, he they they had it. They knew. And I, I, that's when that was the first time I felt like there were flashes of greatness in Bobby Lashley. And now these days I feel like they recognize how to sell him. Which so is, is this is this hurt business shit real or what? Yeah. Sure, it's, it's, like I mean, it. yeah, it's hurt business except they added Omos. Um, but they, yeah, MVP was pretty much the story of Raw this week. He, hmm. uh, because uh, Shelton Benjamin, <laughs> I legit so, haven't watched Raw in like six weeks at minimum. So there was a tag match, um, and the Street Profits did defeat, uh, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, and okay. MVP was came out to ringside and kind of gave like a look of disappointment. And then later in the show, MVP was uh, supposed to have a match with Elias, but he was like, I didn't say you were facing me. And then it ended up being Omos who beat Elias. So then MVP's tied with Omos. And then at the end of the show, when Lashley won the number one contendership for the United States title, uh, Omos was there. And so it was like, oh, we've got a new Hurt Business with this time now it's Omos, uh, Shelton, Cedric, and MVP okay. and yeah. Bobby Lashley. It, That's not bad. I like it. Yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting story they're telling because it looks like MVP definitely wants to partner up with Bobby again, but Bobby mm. is reluctant because he feuded with Omos, and I don't think he's feel, feeling Omos like that. Right. So yeah. I think that that's the only hitch in it to stopping it from being official again. Um, I think that's interesting. So have you not MVP, watched SmackDown? MVP's tweet. <laughs> Yo, that was hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, MVP's, <laughs> MVP's hilarious, man. No, I legit um, have been watching WWE programming like six weeks. I don't know. I, I can't. I thought, I thought SmackDown was good last night. I do think it's crazy that the women's division over there is like at a complete standstill. Like there was no women's match on SmackDown last night. What the um, hell? And 
they they made a point to give us that give us the Roman stuff the entire show, but not give us a women's uh, match. That's kind of crazy. But at the same time, the Roman stuff was great. Um, <laughs> uh, Roman getting mad at Sammy because he came in there and asked what was going on. And the entire time he was asking what was going on, you could see Paul's face in the background. And his facial expressions throughout the entire segment are hilarious. Like, at first you can see him getting mad at, at Sammy, like, what are you even talking about? Get the fuck out of here. And then when you see Roman getting mad, you can see him getting shocked, like, <laughs> like and getting scared. Like, and then he's like, uh, he's like, get out, get out, Sammy. And and he's like, uh, Wiseman, get him out of here. He's like, yeah, get, it's right there, the big wooden thing over there. Get, get out. <laughs> and so yeah, it was good. That was very and good. So, and then, and the, the contract signing stuff too, I liked. So the, the but the story we got though is basically that. Heyman convinced Roman that it's better to have Sammy on your side right now when you're going against somebody like Kevin Owens, who's been a thorn in your side your entire time as champion. So maybe you should just do this for me and be nice to him. And it gives you the implication that Roman is very much using Sammy. Like if 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 you needed the hint, this was very much the smoking gun that Roman is using Sammy. But the other part about this, if you watched all the way to the end, and I, I was one of those people that was like, ah, main eventing with a contract signing. I don't want to see a contract signing. But they actually did something really interesting here because Kevin Owens came out and got to jump on on Roman before the other bloodline came out. And it was the opposite of last week that Roman did not know Sammy would be there in time and Sammy came out late. And I was sitting there at first thinking, like, why did Sammy come out late? And I was like, oh, because Sammy did it on purpose. He gave <laughs> Roman a taste of his own medicine, and everybody came out late. He came sauntering out there at the last minute. By the time Kevin Owens was all out, all the way out the ring, it was enough to make you think, is he in cahoots with Kevin Owens? It's a very good story. I was actually, you know, by the end of SmackDown, I thought, you know, for the stuff I didn't like on the show, there was more that I liked. This was a good show. And yeah. uh, I was happy with SmackDown last night. Um, Orion Ben 666 says, y'all were talking about uh, talking best Bray matches. New Day facing uh, off the yeah, whites yeah. on the compound was what I meant. Every wrestler did something nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, Bray has had other good matches other than that. But, you know, of course, <laughs> Bray is very divisive. <laughs> <laughs> Will going uh, Malcolm Brown says Will going door to door saying the next big thing, <laughs> Barack Obama. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, I mean, shit. Like I said, I was a door to door guy for for that man, and I was annoying your grandma with cold calls. So that's just the way it went at the time. Uh, let's see though. Let's grab some Humper Chats because we still got a few and then we have got to get out of here. Uh, let's see. We've got, here we go. Let's bring it back around to the, the, the topic of the show. Ricardo, the ODV says, I haven't always been a good person. I've said and done some bad shit. So if there's no redemption for Jay, then what hope do I have? Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I, I do think that that is uh, one of those things we want to believe in about mortality that people can, you know, turn their life around before they're lo- they're gone. And I want to believe that he left a good mark on people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've we've got the evidence of all the stories that have come since he passed away. Right. And so I do think he made an impact on people. 
Dom says uh, for Grap City, hey, longtime listener, first time chatting. How do you feel about the Hurt Business reunion? How would you book Mania and favorite current rap artist? Okay. Uh, let's start with Hurt Business reunion. We just talked about that. I think that adding Omas was important because I think that they now line up shot for shot with the bloodline. And right. I think that you now have a story to tell there because you didn't really have somebody for solo, right? You cause solo is supposed to be the muscle of the group. Um, and now you have Omos for him. You now have the tag team of the Usos lining up against, uh, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. And then you have the two big dogs in the middle, Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns. So I think there is more you can do with them now that they have a perfect alignment up against the bloodline. And I would like to see what they do with that. So, Yeah, I don't know what to do with them at Mania. I don't know Mania, right. But I think but before I, Mania, you could do something cool. Yeah, I think by the time April gets here, you should be ready to do some cool stuff with them after yeah. Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the rest of it? Best current? Favorite Best current, current rap artist. Favorite current. Um, favorite current rap artist. Man, crazy enough, it might be Bodie James, man. Because Bodie mm-hmm. has been super consistent. Um, Shout out to Bodie. Also, super bad car accident. Prayers yeah, out. Uh, yeah. All the things to him. I, I, I w- okay. I would say, so current as in probably made, because obviously there's a lot of current artists that had you know, stuff in the last 10 years, but really, I guess, made their prominence in the last couple of years, maybe. Because I would say, like, Sabo's up there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For me, in terms of current artists who I enjoy. that That's very interesting because um, I kept telling people for a long time, because I would have debates with people about Chicago rap, and I'm like, because they would be like, oh, it's basically Kanye and nothing else. So I was like, are you no. kidding me? There's, there's Saba, there's this guy, there's that. And so a, a lot of times when I would say Saba, people wouldn't know who Saba is. And mm-hmm. it was interesting getting, especially like when his first mixtape dropped, and I would say that like, and now more and more people know because of his last album. And the album before that also got a lot of people um, on him. But yeah, Saba is very dope. Yes. Um, I mean, of course, like, Lupe is like still like yeah, but I wouldn't consider him. I mean, I'm wearing a a, a Lupe hoodie, but I mean, Mm -hmm. the the, the thing is like like if I'm thinking like current guys, like I mean, Bodie kind of isn't current. It just feels like Bodie is because he drops so much content now. Mm -hmm. I think like current just because rap can tend to be a lot of a young man's game. I would probably have to say that when I think you know current has to be. At the oldest, like early thirties. Yeah, so that's why I'm like Bodie's not. Yeah, really yeah. current. Um, because I mean. if not, but I, but I was most likely thinking like rappers in their twenties right now, right. and that's why I went with Saba. Mine's is definitely either Earl Sweatshirt or Jid, one of them. Yeah, Jid. Jid is yeah. dope too. Uh, let's see. We got. Can't even um, say myself if we're saying got to be early 30s. Thanks a lot, Will. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I mean, Freddie Gibbs is up there, too. Freddie Gibbs has been mm-hmm. dropping a lot. Old niggas be rapping, man. Come on. Uh, give it up. I, I know. But those are like the legends now at this yeah. point. And it's okay. Like, you can still continue to be um, dropping legendary shit. Look, I literally 
the other day. Um, too short dropped a video, right? Mm-hmm. And I just I was smiling the whole time because I thought you'd, nobody raps like this guy. Like yeah. it's it's the simplest shit. But mm-hmm. just thinking about Too Short and his cadence and his style, there is literally nobody like Too Short, mm-hmm. and he's still somebody I want to hear from. Short dog, baby. Yeah. Yeah. As Bay Area legends, Too Short and E Forty, like no, they like they are in a class of their own. Nobody does anything like them. Nobody talks like them. Nobody still, acts like mm-hmm. them. And they've still been one of the best verses ever. Uh, <laughs> one of the best verses ever. E Forty versus Too Short. Amazing E40, man. E Forty doing E Forty dances and giving <laughs> E Forty vocabulary that nobody knows what it means, but we all just smile and nod because it's Forty. No, but even still, I I still when I am um, that's another one of my comfort listens. But Players Ball is one of, mm-hmm. or was it Rappers Ball? Yeah, that is still one of my comfort listens. Too short and E forty uh, with Devonte, uh, or no, it wasn't Devonte. It was uh, Casey. Um, mm-hmm. Either way, that's still one of my all time listens. Man, I'm just but too short to push fifty. I mean, he's fifty six now. He'll be yeah. fifty seven this year. Mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm still thinking on the Saba thing. If you had told me five years ago that <laughs> Saba was going to drop three really good albums and they were going to be uh, better I, than the Last Chance albums, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that. I wouldn't have. Nuh-uh. I thought I would have thought Vic that Vic Mensa were the, the the Chicago guys that were going to be the ones. That's what I thought because mm-hmm. at the time Saba was like featured on like Chance albums, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't have guessed that Saba would have moved this further ahead of Chance, at least yeah. in the quality of his music. I wouldn't have guessed that. He's a great songwriter. I think he. I don't know if he's still producing a lot of his stuff, but I know he was back in the day. He's like just a complete artist at this point. And I, I knew eventually that Saba was going to be the one. Dude can really rap, and I guess like yeah. all his. He's been through so much these last couple of years that like he had no choice but to, you know, make it into Listen, some amazing his, art. His second album is, is very, very good, but it's definitely mm-hmm. triggering because there are a lot yeah. of things on it that I totally understand. Mm-hmm. It's definitely got it's an album for people that have gone through something. And yep. he was definitely going through something when he wrote it. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see. Finally we have Humper chat. This one is from Sam Stacy. It says, I'm with Phil on this. I'm a punk guy forever. No matter what. Everyone wanted punk back until he does some punk shit. I mean, I mean <laughs> I've I've said before that I don't agree with everything he did, but at the same time, like if you ask me, do I still want to see the guy wrestle and be on TV? Of course. <laughs> and it's like a couple the people did predict this. They were like, it's gonna end in a blaze of glory, like for sure. Like from the jump they were saying this. So it's like it's not super surprising actually. It's kinda of funny. Yeah, I mean we'll get further and further away from it. It'll be a punchline for other things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, folks, thank you for being a part of this week's edition of Grapsity. Um again. One more shout out, Jay Briscoe. Mm-hmm. We will miss you. You had so much more to do, but even with what you left us with, we're thankful. Thank you, Jay Briscoe. Yeah, For uh, oh yeah, I was just Go gonna ahead. say I I I heard Sean said on another podcast that he is probably the greatest Ring of Honor wrestler of all time, just because yeah. of what he meant to that company. And mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to argue with that. I do think that. When it got all said and done, he's probably one of the most important wrestlers to that brand. Yep. 
one of the most influential tag teams of the last 20 years. One of the, the, like I said, he was in the first Ring of Honor match, like synonymous with Ring of Honor, like no one else. Jay Briscoe is going to be missed. Please watch some Jay Briscoe matches on Honor Club. Honor the man. Donate if you can. Let's give it up. Rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. And uh, for those who haven't seen it, um, check out the Fightful Awards. Uh, me, Sean, and Denise, we did present uh, some great awards. And um, we weren't planning on it being a posthumous award, but you know, uh, Jay did win Match of the Year. And we got a really touching, if you want to see me cry on camera, if you weren't paying attention to my box at the time, I was very much crying. But uh, we got a really touching message from Dax Harwood about it all. And uh, if you haven't seen that, uh, pretty much all the acceptance speeches I thought were really good. MJF was hilarious. Um, but if you haven't got a chance to watch that, I put a lot of work into it. I was up till four in the morning making every single one of those um, the winner announcement videos. Uh, I put all those together. I, I wrote everything Sean and Denise said on their voiceovers uh, for those. I wrote those and then I wrote my own. Had to record them, put it together. It was up till four in the morning and then did seven straight hours of podcasts. So if you haven't had a chance to catch the Fightful Awards, um, I would love it if you could. And yeah, just uh, think about Jay this weekend um, and think about uh, some of your favorite experiences. And again, just think about the fact that for a guy that never uh, performed on any of the major stages, for him to have as much of an influence on this industry as he had, it's a tragic loss. It's a heavy loss, and we're going to miss him. For Philip Lindsay, for Righteous Reg, I'm Will Washington. We will see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.